Ladies and gentlemen, it's Dan DiDio. As always, I've got something very exciting for you. Here are your hosts, Mike Myers and Eric Wadden. It's DC Noise, baby. So you ready to rock? I'm ready to rock. All right, welcome to DC Noise, episode four. Um, we're taking we're taking the reins of this podcast. <laughs> no, I don't want to say that. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the torch has been passed. That, that's the, the torch way. has been passed to us. That's a better way to say it. Yeah. From uh, Peter Rios because he's he's busy doing other other things, such as uh, Comic Geek Speak and his other projects that he's working on. And um, we just wanted to talk DC Comics, so we decided to record it, and we didn't know what we were going to call it, and Peter kind of handed over the reins to us and said, go ahead and call it DC Noise. Yeah. So here we are, and my name is Mike Myers from the Geek Brunch Podcast, and my co-host is... My name is Eric Martin. Uh, You know me from the Comics Playground Podcast. Woohoo! Both on the Comics Playground. Yeah, we're on the comic book noise family. And um, so, what got you into to DC Comics, Eric? Well, as long as I can remember, I'm one of those guys that comics have been around as long as I can remember. Mm-hmm. A lot like Derek, I can't pinpoint the, my first comic that I read because mm-hmm. they were always there. But what got me into DC Comics, like a lot of people, was watching the Super Friends on Saturday mornings. That's the same thing that got me into DC. <laughs> oh, really? For the yeah, for the most part, I, I had gotten some comics, but I never knew what comics they were because they were from the dump and they had the covers ripped off. Right. Yeah. So I never knew what issues they were or whatever. But uh, a lot of them were like Flash or Superman or Batman issues. Yeah. And uh, Archie and some other Marvel comics. But uh, I think my first DC comic was uh, Ghosts. It was a 20-cent Ghosts book. And uh, I tricked my uh, grandfather into buying it for me because my grandma sent me, sent him over to buy me one of those, uh, what were they called, the golden books? You know, they used to have that golden rim on it. Oh, the, little, the little golden books? Yeah, little golden books. Yeah. She's... She sent uh, my grandfather, and I kind of went over to the spinner rack and convinced him to buy me a a, a ghost comic. <laughs> cool. And uh, my, my yeah, well, my grandma yelled at him when he he, he came back. <laughs> <laughs> it was all downhill from there, or uphill. <laughs> I but uh, Super Friends, like I think, is when I realized you know who Superman and everybody really were. Yeah, and for me, that show really. Uh, the Green Lantern and the Flash both really captured my imagination at a young age. Yes, and they were, same here. And the Green Lantern was probably one of the first DC comics I bought. I don't remember what number it was, what it was about, or anything, but I know I'm pretty sure mm-hmm. it was a Green Lantern comic. Yeah, because they 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 would have like uh, them show up in, in the early Super Friends too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it would either be Flash or Green Lantern or the Atom or somebody like that, uh-huh. and then and they'd show up for one one shots and the Wendy and Marvin. Um, episodes. Right. Yeah, and then when they did the challenge of the Super Friends, they were like full time members of the team. That's when I really liked it. Yeah, me too. Because I, 
because I don't, I don't know if what really stood out for me was all the other characters besides the big three. Yeah, exactly. Because <laughs> you, you could see them anywhere. And it's like when the, you saw the Flash or Green Lantern or Hawkman or any of those characters, it was like, wow. Yeah, well, you, you never really got a whole lot of background, you know, about what where they were coming from with those characters, too, because they were just kind of there, you know. Yeah. So that's what made me want to find out who these guys were, and that's why I picked up their comics. Right. Yeah, for me, Flash was my big hero, and it sounds like Green Green Lantern is one of your favorites. Yeah, yeah, he's always been. And um, you, you've been collecting DC for quite a while, huh? Yeah, I've been collecting. D- I mean, comics in general, on and off. You know, for, for ever since I was probably eight or nine years old. Mm-hmm. And um, probably Crisis on Infinite Earths was what really made me, you know, follow DC strongly the way I am now. Right. I think I, I started collecting maybe a little bit prior to, to the crisis. Okay. Where I was getting, you know, four or five DC titles like Flash and Wonder Woman and Superman. And uh, I used to like uh, DC Comics Presents. <laughs> I used to love that book. Yeah. Because it was always Superman and somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> so I was always happy when you'd, you'd get the somebody else. Because I always wanted to know more about the other characters in the DC universe. Yeah. So, so yeah. what what do you like about the DC universe? I like the continuity there and the history. It, it seems like they're in the legacies. Yeah. You know, there's so much there that you don't get with Marvel. Yeah. At least that's that's the way I feel. Yeah, that's exactly what I would say too. The the legacy and the continuity, the fact that. You have these different generations of, of characters, you know, that go on through mm-hmm. years. And it seems like the writers have a passion for the history, yeah. you know, because they'll, they'll tap into things in the Golden Age or the Silver Age or any of those ages, and they'll nitpick on certain aspects of something that was introduced a long time ago yeah. and make it their own. Yeah. And that's what I love about it. Yeah, it's really cool seeing, like, like you were talking about those Wonder Woman issues where they're bringing back those Bronze Age, you know, sword and sorcery characters. Oh, yeah, yeah I was, yeah. like, so, so excited when that happens. Um, you got Beowulf, the Claw, and uh-huh. um, Stalker. And in the 70s, DC was big into sword and sorcery. I mean, you had Warlord, all, all of those four books. Yeah. You had a book called Sword and Sorcery. You had a Starfire book, which I think was like science fiction. It, they were like tapping into other genres at at, the t- at that time. Yeah, definitely. Which is is kind of cool, and it's cool to go back to. Like I'm I'm currently reading Warlord, the Warlord series, and I'm enjoying it. We're gonna spoil uh, Final Crisis issues one and two uh, very heavily. And then minor spoilers, I would say, for Trinity one through four. So we're gonna we're gonna jump right into Final Crisis. Okay. And cover issues one and two. Did you did you pick up both covers? I've got both covers of issue one, but at the issue two I only have the one with Batman on the cover. Oh, Batman! You didn't get the Flash. Nah. Because uh, I get him through DCBS. DCBS, yeah. Yeah, so do I, but I 
I've been trying to get the uh, the letter or whatever you want to call it, the one with the little strip in the middle, mm-hmm. at the comic shop because DCBS tends to send me the the major character, you know. Yeah, well, see, DCBS is sending me the ones with the strip, and I, you know, I, I went to the shop and got the one with Green Lantern for issue one. Really? Yeah. I, I wonder they don't have any kind of codes so you can order both covers, do they? I don't think so. No. Yeah, I think I'm going to email Cameron and just see if I can say, can I get both covers if I order two of them? Yeah, I'm sure they would do that. Yeah. Because that, supposedly the one with the little strip in the middle is supposed to tell you some kind of story. Are you supposed to be able to put them together and link it? Really? I don't know how, but that's what I heard. That's interesting. Yeah. The other covers are beautiful. I mean, I, it sounds like you didn't get the Flash one, but it's yeah. really nice. Yeah. And the Green Lantern one was really cool, too. Yeah, I've got the Hal Jordan cover as my screensaver, my uh, wallpaper on my computer right now. Yeah. So you want to do a synopsis of of number one? Yeah, if I can. Um, and get, get into the details. Yeah. Uh, number one, it basically, you know, it's the first issue of, of uh, the miniseries, the event. Um uh, you kind of get some background on some of the characters that are coming into the story early on. And you see the death of a couple major characters. And then kind of just get into the mystery of the whole of the whole series, I guess, is a good way to sum it up. Mm-hmm. So, opening up to the first page, you get, you get Anthro. Yeah. And, uh... He uh he first appeared in like a showcase issue. Okay. But he didn't have a long run. He was he's supposedly the first crow magnet boy born in the Stone Age. And uh his first appearance is showcase number seventy four. Cool. Which okay. led to a series that lasted only six issues. And he was created by Howard Post. And I've never heard of Howard Post. I haven't either. But uh what Showcase was, was it was a title that would feature some character that was new to the DC Universe. And then if it was successful, it would lead to a, a series of its own. And I guess Anthro was successful enough to launch a, a series, but then it didn't last very long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I, I really don't know much about the character besides, you know... Uh, those issues, I, I haven't read any of them. Yeah, I, and um, d- the only appearance that I remember him in is he was in Crisis, the original, right? Yeah, and then he was in that Doctor Thirteen. Back. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, the backup to uh, Tales of the Unexpected. Right. Yeah. And um, what what he 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 pretty much Mentron en- ends up sh- showing up in his Mobius chair. Yeah, this this second, well, this two-page spread, this was, when I opened those pages up, I was just like, wow. And that made me think, I'm, I'm going to love this series. Right. Just from seeing that. It, it, well, even the first page looks damn sweet. Yeah. I mean, that 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 is awesome. That would be some awesome original artwork tone, huh? Definitely. And the coloring is nice. Especially the way they color their mentron, like with the the glowing blue 
Yeah, he's kind of like yeah, metallic looking. It's like a way. yeah, it's like a whitish blue, yeah. and it's metallic looking, shiny. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. And uh, the first, I guess, the first three or four pages are, cover that confrontation. And the key thing is here. He says, "Here is knowledge," and he gives them something which is fire. Right. At least you think it's fire, right? Yeah, I, I think it might be something else besides the fire, but yeah. Well, we have uh, Grant Morrison, so yeah. there's got to be something there. And and then uh, you want to talk about this caveman picture because you originally thought this caveman was somebody. Yeah, this. this I so the next page, told me. Yeah, it's a full page, and you see this caveman with like a with like a white cloak on, you know, attacking these guys. And I think this is supposed to be Vandal Savage. Because he looks like him. If you look at the art from of him later on in this issue, it's pretty much identical, like the face. Yeah, it is. It's very similar. Yeah. So you've got this guy who I think is Vandal Savage, kind of leading the attack on on this tribe, and um, he bashes an old guy's head in with a with a axe or a hammer kind of thing. And yeah, it. and he looks like he's gonna go mate. Yeah. He <laughs> grabs, grabs a hot cave woman, and and then. Uh, Anthro shows up with the with the fire, and kind of scares those yeah. guys off. That was pretty sweet. Yeah. You know that one caveman on the second page, on the second panel. You know how Anthro just appears at the fire. Uh-huh. Doesn't he look like that guy from the Geico commercial? Look 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 at the one that has the question mark there or the exclamation point. All from the caveman commercials. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I never noticed that until now. <laughs> I like the one that's sticking his tongue out, too. He's funny looking. Yeah, he's like a rocker. Yeah. And then the scene cuts to... There's a lot of jumping around in here, but it, I like it. I like the jumping around. Yeah. Because you can see something big is happening. At least you get that kind of feeling. Yeah, there's like a sense of scope. Like it's going through different eras, you know, the story is going right. to span. And just to uh, let our listeners know, Mentron is a new god created by Jack Kirby, and his first appearance is uh, New Gods number one. Okay. And he pretty much travels in a chair that allows him to go through time and space, and his whole purpose is he's searching out knowledge um, about everything. He wants to know everything. He's kind of like Spock-ish. At least that's how I would determine him you know yeah it's just a secret knowledge yeah and you're not really sure if he's good or evil he kind of just is on the does what he wants to do and to seek knowledge yeah. yeah he always he always has that uh questionable um goal you know exactly yeah it's like he's willing to do bad things or good things just to achieve knowledge yeah he doesn't care how he gets it but uh he's fairly interesting and uh this this book, I don't know if you get the feeling, but it seems like a to me a tribute to Jack Kirby. Oh, definitely. It's, I mean, every a lot of what he's created is Jack Kirby. I mean, what what he's talking about in this series is New Gods related. Yeah, the, a lot of the others, like secondary characters, even coming into it are Kirby. Right. You know, like you got well, t- Turpin and Commandy and yeah. And the speaking of, we uh, cut to Turpin in the next scene, and. Uh, he was originally created by Jack Kirby in 1942 in Detective Comics number 64 as Brooklyn Turpin, Tur- Turpin who was one of the Newsboy Legion. Okay. And I 
I didn't know that. <laughs> I didn't either. And so I started to look into that, but he, he was kind of like retcon later to become Dan Turpin in New Gods Number no. 5. And then I knew him from, at least from uh, the Metropolis Special Crimes Unit. He, he'd always have that hat on and yeah. be, be defending Metropolis and usually some suit of armor or something. <laughs> That's what I remember him from. <laughs> But I guess he's retired and he's investigating uh, missing kids. Right. And, and he runs across Orion. And I don't know why Orion's like in a bin of trash, it looks like, or, or something, right? Yeah. Or, but it, it, it's weird that he's in he's in a bunch of boxes of toys. <laughs> yeah, I thought that was strange too, you know. Yeah, I was like, what, what, what does that mean? Because there's like so many super guns or... He's like sitting well, in. If you think about it, it's kind of a clue. Because you would think about what they oh, find out in issue two. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. I didn't even think about that. But he he finds Orion in the the garbage, and he's still alive. Now, uh, did you read Death of the New Gods? Yes. Orion died in there, right? Right. He died in there, and and then and then he later showed up in Countdown. Uh huh. And then live through that after he kind of killed Darkseid, right? Yeah. It seems like this is picking up right after that confrontation and countdown, but I'm not sure, you know. Right. It seems that way. But uh, I think one of the key things in, in this little meeting with Turpin and Orion is that uh, he touches him, right? Right. Or, Turpin touches and, uh, him. Yeah. yeah. And uh, he says something like, heaven cracked and broken. And, and he said, they did not die, he is in all of you, or something like that. Yeah, he's in you all. Yeah, in you all. Fight. <laughs> so, uh, he might not be dead, but you in that in this uh, particular issue, you see the black racer there. Right, yeah. Yeah. Floating back there in the background. Mm-hmm. And Orion's an interesting character in himself. He was also created in New Gods number one. And by Jack Kirby, and uh, he's got an interesting origin because he's the son of Darkseid, and he was originally traded with Scott Free as kids to keep peace between Eugenus and Apocalypse. So uh, he was he was raised by High Father while as while Scott Free was raised by Darkseid and given to Granny. Right. So um, he has super strength, stamina on par with Superman. And he does have a healing factor, so maybe he can heal from death. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and then the Black Racer. I, I don't know much about him other than he seems to be like a Grim Ripper type character. He shows up when somebody's going to die. And I think he, he can touch them and bring the bring death to them. And he can fly through space. And he also appeared in You Guys Number 1. It seems like the majority of these characters did. Yeah. He, he's kind of a strange concept because he's like on skis. Yeah, like the Silver Surfer. Yeah, I guess he's kind of like a parody of Silver Surfer in a way, maybe. Yeah. His alias is Willie Walker. Um, I don't really know much other than that, other than his touch is deadly. And he looks really different here than he did like in the Kirby, when he was Kirby-esque. His suit does, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. Looks really different. And then you got a cool disturbed record 
coming out. <laughs> yeah. Do you like Disturbed? Uh, I like their first couple of records, yeah. I haven't yeah. heard anything from them in a while, though. Yeah. I like Down With The Sickness. I love that. <laughs> <laughs> um, you want to cover the next few scenes? Okay. Uh, next few scenes, uh, we just see a kind of a city skyline, and um, we see Jon Stewart in his architecture offices. And uh, he's got a message coming in um, about a 1011 in progress, and uh, he doesn't know what that is. So he goes to investigate it, and you kind of see Turpin there where Orion is. And I'm assuming that he saw John Stewart flying in, so he takes off to let John Stewart take it, handle it. And um, John Stewart's wanting to know if his backup is on his way, and they said that Lantern Jordan has been alerted, but his ring is not responding. Mm hmm. You, st- you still have the black racer there, too. Yeah, the black racer is kind of looming over Turpin's shoulder. Did you know what a 1011 is? I didn't. Not until they, they said it a few pages later. No. Yeah. I wonder if that's ever been used before. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, and John Stewart is currently in the Justice League. And uh, he's he's the Green Lantern I always know as the one that's gone through hell. <laughs> Yeah, I just read Cosmic Odyssey not too long ago. He had a hard time in that. Yeah. He he had a rough time. I mean, he, he lost an entire planet, right? Yeah. Yeah, he was going to kill himself. Mm-hmm. And then then he went through hell and Green, La- Green Lantern Mosaic. I never read and, that. Uh, yeah, that was a, a trip. It was a very interesting concept. It was like... Uh, they put together this world of different worlds. Like they would take one city in, of Earth and then a bunch of other cities from another, a lot of other planets. Mm-hmm. And he had to try to police it. So all these little cities of aliens and humans and they, you know, he had to try to monitor it, which was pure hell because, you know, everybody wanted to go back home to their old planets and he had to try to keep peace on this planet that was pieced together. Wow. It was pretty weird. It was a good series. I remember liking it a lot. Yeah, it was different things. for the time. I've heard some good stuff about that. I have to check it out when I get a chance. Yeah. He's and uh, he was created by uh, Dennis O'Neill and Neil Adams in 1971, which is kind of cool because that's when Green Lantern was really hot. Yeah, I just recently read. I've got the trade that has the Green Arrow Green, Green Lantern stuff from O'Neill mm-hmm. and Adams, and actually that has the issue that he first appeared in. So that was kind of yeah. Cool getting to see that, yeah. They're. Uh, they really added a lot of quality to that title. Yeah. It kind of became really sophisticated and political. And um, you had the drug issue with Speedy in there too, right? Yeah, that was all in there. Yeah. That was good stuff. So they go to investigate it, and he's with Turpin, and then... The uh, next scene, you see him on the bridge, and uh, Turpin's talking to the question. And uh, I love Renee Montoya. Yeah. <laughs> I love the question, too, and I know you love the question mm-hmm. probably more than I do. But, yeah, uh, and I was iffy about the Renee Montoya thing, but then when I read the Crime Bible miniseries, I, I was pretty much okay with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I didn't realize that she was first created for the animated series. Oh, yeah. By uh, Dini. Before she even appeared in comics, but her first appearance is in Batman 474, 
And uh, she was a key player in Gotham Central, which right. I don't know if you've read that, but that was my one of my favorite titles at the time. I've read some of it, but not all of it. And uh, she was partnered up with Crispus Allen, who was who's currently the Spectre. Yeah. And uh, I don't know if you read that, but that was pretty crazy because they uh, the way that all turned out. Oh yeah, yeah. And she's a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> Now, what do you think about the, these two pages? There is a little bit of controversy about these pages because in that one panel you see Renee Montoya without the mask on, mm-hmm. and Turpin is referring to her as the question. And then the very next page, the first panel, she has her mask on. Yeah, I don't know if... Uh, I think that's just J.G. Jones drawing it incorrectly. You think that's what it is? I kind of think yeah. Too, because... You know, with the mask off, how would, we, how would he know that she was the question? And, you know, right. I think she'd want to keep her identity secret. Right. I don't know too many people that know she, that she has that other identity. Yeah, I think the only one that really knows is Batwoman, right? Yeah. Well, I'm sure Batman knows. He knows everything. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> he's, I'm sure he's figured it out. Yeah, and you can't hide anything from Superman, so. <laughs> But um, he's still investigating these uh, meta kids. Uh, do you know if there's any other reference to these meta kids anywhere else this, before this series? Um, this is the first reference to that that I've noticed. I know there's been some tie-ins to some of the Dark Side Club stuff in Teen Titans lately, mm-hmm. but I don't think any of that comes into into that. Okay, and then they have he she hands him this uh, Dark Side Club flyer. Which in that banner's been appearing throughout DC yeah. lately. Yeah, like several titles like Teen Titans and Flash. Uh-huh. And um you did you read uh, Grant Morrison's Seven Soldiers? Yes, I did. Yeah. So wasn't there some of this in that Mr. Miracle? In the Mr. Miracle, yeah, there was Dark Side was the way he is in this. And there was the the whole club aspect and all that stuff, yeah. Right, and didn't they spell it like this too? I think so, yeah. It's spelled S I D E instead of S E I D. And it's like two words instead of all one word together. Yeah. So if we turn the page, Hal Jordan gets there with John Stewart, and they're they're examining uh, Hal Jordan's uh, body. I mean, Hal Jordan's body, uh, Orion's body, and. Uh, Anything else you want to say on that, other than the Guardians are... Yeah, the Guardians are telling the Lanterns to kind of lock down the Earth for the investigation, and they're going to send an Alpha Lantern, Special Operations Alpha Lantern unit. Right. And the Guardians of the Universe are kind of an extraterrestrial race that protect the entire DC universe and they kind of like section off the universe into different sections and uh, Green Lanterns well before the Green Lanterns Manhunters were responsible for for protecting the universe and they kind of went uh, that turned into a bad experiment yeah <laughs> and uh, they made uh, the Green Lanterns and um, they protect different sectors and do we have like three Green Lanterns on Earth now? Uh, actually four or, because oh uh, yeah, Kyle and Guy and John and Al. Okay, but Guy and um, 
and Kyle are kind of in the core now in yeah, space, they, right? Yeah, they consider they're, them the honor. They're assigned in space. Yeah, yeah. The honor guard or something like that. But the Hal Jordan, Jordan Green Lantern was created by John Broom and Gil Kane, and uh, and then we we cut to uh, this interesting scene. I thought this was interesting because they brought back Empress. Have you ever read Empress prior to this? No, I didn't know who she was. Yeah. Um, I knew who she was because I read the Young Justice. Okay. Which is a fantastic series. I, I, I really loved that series at the time. It was like what Teen Titans should have been at the time. And um, you got Sparks and Moss y Minos. And... Uh, Empress was created by Peter David and Todd Nock in Young Justice 16. She has powers of coercion, teleportation, and uh, like Voodon, which is, I think, a vo- voodoo. Okay. And uh, she pretty much carries around a sword that, that I know of. So she's, and she's good at hand, hand-to-hand combat. And then you got Sparks, um, created by Carl Kessel and Tom Grummet. And Ed Hannigan, which was created in 1993, so she's fairly new, and was in Adventures of Superman Annual Number Five, and she was created for the Bloodline event. Did you ever read that? I've got some of the tie-ins from the annuals of that. They're like tied into like Justice League International and some of that. Uh-huh. I didn't read the whole. I guess it was a mini series. Also, I didn't read that. Yeah, kind of. I don't know if it was that successful, but they kind of created a bunch of new characters and threw them out there. And uh, the only one that I think hit it big, or I guess you can consider it big, is Hitman, uh-huh. uh, the Garth Ennis character. Now, wasn't the Manhunter a big part of that crossover too? The the, the Manhunter. I don't remember. I don't remember. I don't, I don't know. I just remember it was appearing in every annual, and these aliens came down, and they kind of like bit these people in the spine or something like that, uh-huh. and they ended up kicking off their metagene or something. Right. Yeah. Y'all had powers, <laughs> and uh, Sparks has like electrical based powers and flight, and she was a member of the Superboy and the Ravers, and Blood Pack. And I, I don't, I only know about Super ba- Superboy and the Ravers because I have a few issues, but I stopped collecting it kind of when when they when it came, became uh, that title and not Superboy. Okay, so I don't know too much about it, and the Blood Pack. I don't know nothing about. Yeah, I don't <laughs> so maybe there was a comic about that at one time, and this one was interesting because I. Did you know who these two guys that were running in the background behind Sparks was? No, but it looks like they have like a map of Texas on their chest or something, or a plus. Sign. Oh no, it's a plus, a plus and a minus. Is that what it is? Yeah, they're called uh, Masi Menos, which I think translates. According to the website, to more or less. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and these guys are interesting because they were created for that, uh, the animated Teen Titans series. Really? And, um, yeah. You mean the one that's like but, kind of the manga looking one? Yeah, the manga looking one huh. in, in season three. Okay. And uh, their first uh, appearance was in 2006 in Teen Titans number 38 in a comic book. And I haven't read that issue yet, but I'm kind of interested now. But they are Spanish-speaking twins that are connected to the Speed Force, which is pretty cool. Okay. So it's, it's kind of interesting that 
they're last when they're running away. <laughs> they're, running, they're running to the Mobius chair, I guess. Uh-huh. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> but they're behind everybody because supposedly when they touch hands, they're connected to the speed force and they have super speed. Okay. So um, they get attacked by Dr. Light, who's turned into an evil badass again. Yeah. He was kind of a clown before because of his mind wipe. At least that's how they explained it. Yeah. And uh, Mirror Master. Yeah, looks like Mossy Man has pretty much got wasted by the Mirror Master here, too. It sure looks like that. And I didn't know if it was... Yeah. Of all the rogues, I think Mirror Master is the most deadly. I mean, the one that doesn't give a shit. He has no... It seems like everyone, everyone, else, weather wizard. He seems kind of off the off the wall there too. Yeah, but you know, Captain Cold seems pretty reasonable, I guess. <laughs> if if you can be reasonable and be a villain, <laughs> and and Heat, Heat Wave is a pyromaniac, but <laughs> but this guy's like a drug addict. I mean, I mean, he was like when Jeff Johns was writing him, he was like snorting cocaine and doing all kinds of drugs. Yeah. And um, he's he's the second, from what I understand, the the second Mirror Master. The first one was Sam Scudder, and his first appearance was 1959 in Flash 105. Really? Yeah, and um, I don't know if you knew this, Dent, but I think it was in Suicide Squad. But Captain Boomerang assumed the identity for a while so he could steal stuff and still be a part of Suicide Squad without them knowing, if I, if I remember correctly. So I've always liked uh, Digger. You know, he's he's a crazy bastard. Yeah. He's dead now, but he was one of my favorites. And then this 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 guy, this Mirror Master, the one that's the sick bastard, uh, is created by Grant Morrison and Chris Trog and Animal Man. Okay, I was going to say, that's the first time I noticed that Mirror Master. Because yeah. the Animal Man series, I'm a big, I'm a big fan of that. And he, he's very powerful. I mean, I, of all the... I, I'd be kind of worried about him more than anybody if I was the Flash, yeah, to tell you the truth. He's the most, like, off-the-hook kind of guy, I think. Off-the-hook, and he can show up in any kind of reflective surface. <laughs> yeah. It kind of pull you into his world. Yeah, it's like another you know? dimension inside the mirrors or something. Yeah. yeah. And um, Dr. Light kind of raped Sue Dibney, just for those people that don't know. And uh, Zantana mind-wiped him, and then he came back. But uh, he's got light manipulation powers, and they say genius-level intelligence, which he didn't have for a long time. (laughs) Before, we know, during the (laughs) mind-wipe. And um, you want to talk about the next scene? Yeah, um, Justice League. Well, you, yeah. there's a reference from the Mirror Master about a he calls it a big Rammy with the Justice League, and I don't know if this was supposed <laughs> to be a diversion from what Mirror Master and Doctor Light were up to. Do you think that's what this? Sure, look. It sure looked like it. Yeah. But uh, what, did, did we even mention why they were there? They're they're there to try to retrieve the Mobius chair, yeah, right? I think you mentioned it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the the Mobius chair was, sure. was just in a dump somewhere, and these people were were after it and. Yeah, that's why they were there. So anyway, the uh, you see a bunch of villains that they were doing a uh, a protest march. Um, they said it was a protest protest march against vigilante brutality, 
uh, <laughs> that does seem like a diversion, doesn't it? Yeah. But you see, <laughs> yeah, we're just gonna. Sh- <laughs> you see, Poison Ivy and the Cheetah and uh, Captain Cold and who's this guy? Is that who is that with the cape that has his back um, to us? I don't know, but it sure damn looks familiar. He's got like all these like magical kind moons of and stars. Yeah. yeah, he's like the Lucky Charms. <laughs> I was trying to figure out who he was. I thought maybe you might know. Um, no, I was. I didn't know him. And if you look to the far left, there's there's like a guy behind. It looks like it might be Black Mana, but he's got rabbit ears. Yeah, it's like Kangaroo Man or something. <laughs> yeah, I, that looks unusual. You know, I was like, like is that the black? You know, the Black Mana or the Moth? You know, Killer Moth. Yeah. But you look at the ears, and it's like Bugs Bunny. <laughs> I, so no I don't idea. know who the hell that could be. <laughs> yeah. But you have, like, various members of the Justice League. There's uh, Red Arrow there, and um, Black Lightning, and Hawk Girl, and Red Tornado, and, and uh, Black Canary, and Vixen is over there on the far right. Mm-hmm. So then we kind of flash back to uh, Mirror Master and our Dr. Light talking about, you know, that Libra wants the chair for some reason. Um <laughs> And this is kind of funny, but kind of sick in, in a way, too, because uh, Dr. Light is asking Mirror Master for some pharmaceutical requisites because he has a date with Giganta. <laughs> I, I, yeah, I love this. This was the humor in the book. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, he's, you know, he's still kind of a perv because of what he did to Sue Dibney, so it's kind of, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, but, Master- but in the F-Bomb podcast, Giganta was one of uh, – was Mike Manning's uh, – Top five. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I guess maybe Dr. Light might want to do what Mike Manning said he was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> and Giganta, Giganta was uh, recently dating um, the new Adam, too. Yeah, right. For a while there. Uh-huh. Yeah. He gives uh, a big kick to, to Sparks again in the face oh, at the yeah. end there. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, she's kind of coming after him, and he kind of kicks her in the head. The 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 next scene deals with uh, Libra was was kind of introduced in the Justice League sightings issue, wasn't that prior to this? Yeah, the issue twenty one, Justice League of America. Yeah, I read I read it out of order, but I think it gave a lot more to the story. I thought. I thought it was a sightings. You know, if they say it was a sightings, it really achieved what it was supposed to do. And his only other previous appearance is in Justice League of America number 111 from June 1974. Yeah, that's that's what's incredible. Yeah. <laughs> um, so you have Ocean Master, um, Vandal Savage. Isn't Ocean Master like Arthur's brother? I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think he is. I think he's Arthur's uh, Aquaman's brother. And then um, you have Lex Luthor in his uh, suit. And uh, I haven't finished reading um, Salvation Run yet, but uh, I have. Ocean Master is Orm Curry, Aquaman's half human, half or full human half brother. Yeah, I I thought he was. And then um, is that Talia over there, Agul? I was thinking it was either her or. Cheshire, I'm not sure. Uh, Cheshire usually wears green. Okay. And she's got, I don't know, she look, 
It might be because well, she appears almost in the same pose in every book here. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really tell. I guess but it makes I, more I think sense she's for it to be Talia because it's like kind of the big gun villains at this table. You know, she's like the leader of the League yeah. of Assassins. So yeah. And then you got Doctor Savannah and uh, Gorilla Grodd, and they're both talking to, uh, or they're all talking to uh, Libra, who's trying to uh, take over. All of those super villains within the DC universe, from what I can tell, uh-huh. and uh, he—he—they he, talk—they talk briefly about what he did for, uh, or what he's gonna do for this human flame guy. This guy was interesting. Um, I, I didn't—I did not know that the human f- flame was created so long ago. <laughs> yeah, did you did you pick up that um, that giant? The quote side? from Grant. Huh? I'm sorry. Oh no, I no, I didn't. I I, I picked it up. The eighty-page giant that has that issue that has the first appearance of Libra, and then it has the issue where Martian Manhunter and, and the Human Flame have their confrontation. Really? Yeah. It has that too. Uh-huh. Yeah. There's a couple. I want to. I want to get that. Yeah, it's really interesting. I haven't read the whole thing yet, but I did read those two things. Yeah. It's like that was a long time ago, and it sounds like he just appeared for like one issue. Yeah. But he's uh. There was an interesting quote. I don't have it with me, but of why Grant Morrison picked this guy. But uh, Martian Manhunter has is his weakness is flame, right? <laughs> so it makes sense that one of his key villains is, you know, has a flame based power, and his powers are not natural, from what I can tell. But the, he's got flamethrowers, yeah, and, that come out of his chest and stuff. And even from that old Martian Manhunter issue, it was like in sometime in the Silver Age, he was a loser then too. So it wasn't yeah. like he was it, this. He seems like a real deadbeat and yeah. has a lot of hatred for for Martian Manhunter. Yeah. So um, Libra wants us to prove a point to uh, all of these super villains. Are they, are these super villains called the Society? I think so. Or yeah. or. Because I get them confused with uh, the Injustice League. I think these guys you know, call themselves the, the Society. Okay. Yeah. So um, he's trying to convince the Society that this is the way to go. So he's like, "Hey, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go uh, prove that that what I, I'm gonna go prove to you that I'm worth it by uh, taking out the Human Flames adversary." So uh, you see. Effigy, who's a Green Lantern villain, and I think he's also crazy, but uh, he's got Green Lantern-based powers with fire. He can form fire constructs out of his hands. Cool. And Dr. Light holding um, Martian Manhunter, who, uh, who was captured by them, I guess, out of Salvation Run. Yeah. I'm not caught up on that, but so don't spoil it yet. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know, I know they end up here, but I, I hear something happens in issue seven. Yeah. Is that true? Yeah, yeah it does. Yeah. Um, so uh, they're there to take a picture for the human flame on his camera, or, or send it to him. When they actually, he, sent, he sends a spear right through uh, Marsh Manhunter's chest, right. and it, it seems to be fire on that spear. So that's what his weakness is. It's pretty cool though that they knew. To keep Martian Manhunter, they'd say, send Effigy over there, you know, yeah. <laughs> whose powers are flame based. Mm-hmm. So they know they know what they're doing. So this is the death of Martian Manhunter, supposedly. Yeah, we'll <laughs> see. 
And something else we, yeah. should, we should go over, you know, in the process of, of Libra trying to kind of convince these guys, you know, uh, Lex Luthor was kind of doubting Libra, you know, saying that he doubts, yeah. he doubts if Libra can give him what his heart's desire is, you know. Right. Of ev- everyone here, he seems to be the one that's not not wanting to join. Yeah, well, Lex Luthor wants to be the man in charge, you know. He doesn't want to follow anybody. Right. So that's kind of in character for him. And um, just since we're mentioning first appearances, uh, we talked about the Human Flame in Detective Comics 274, and Effigy was created by uh, Ron Mars and Daryl Banks in the third volume of Green Lantern, uh, issue number 113. Okay. So you want to get the next page? Okay, after that, um, we see uh, it's like a news report of this, uh, he's like a televangelist or something, a preacher, um, talking about the disaster in um, Bloodhaven. And um, then we see that it's it's a TV on inside a bar. And uh, Mm. Turpin is there waiting to meet the tattooed man. What's interesting about the tattooed man being in this is if you go back to that old Justice League issue that I mentioned a while ago that Libra was in, Mm -hmm. um, the tattooed man was a member of Libra's um, Injustice Gang or whatever they called themselves. Oh, really? Yeah. Except it was a different it was a different tattoo man. He was a white guy in that. Yeah, I really wish my shop would have ordered that book because I would have picked it up. Just so I, it would have given me that insight. Yeah. See, so in the in, think, that, in that Injustice Gang, you had Kronos, Mirror Master, Poison Ivy, Scarecrow, Shadow Thief, and Tattooed Man. Cool. Yeah. So anyway, we have uh, the Tattoo Man is taking uh, Turpin to the Dark Side Club. So, and uh, Turpin's kind of mouthing off to the tattoo man, and, um, you know, you see the tattoo man standing there saying, you'll see. So, I kind of, mm-hmm. I think the, t- the tattoo man is kind of in, in on this, just because of the fact he was associated with Libra back in those days. Right. You know. And he, he goes way back. He's a Green Lantern villain. Okay. <laughs> He's created by Gardner Fox and Gil Kane in 1963, uh, volume two, number 23. So, uh, and he's had three different names, uh, or, you know, he's got through, over time, the tattoo man has been passed on, I guess. <laughs> but his first one was Abel Tarrant, which is the real original. And then he had John Oakes. I don't know if he counts because he was a Vertigo title uh-huh. in the t- title called Skin Graft. And then, uh, Mark Richards, who's the current guy, which I think ap- first appeared in Green Lantern. The the Hal Jordan Green Lantern new new volume. Okay. Yeah, the one in that old story with Libra was Abel Tarrant. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so uh, we have uh, Turpin inside the Dark Side Club. He's meeting Dark Side, and we find out that the two guys that brought him in are uh, Calabac and Canto, which is interesting. Yes. And uh, we see that. Um, Darkseid is sick because he's coughing and he makes reference to his body wearing out. Uh-huh. So that kind of makes you think that any of the bodies that these uh, new gods are in don't really last long. Right. Mm-hmm. They, their, their bodies can't sustain, the human uh, structure can't sustain the new god, I guess. Yeah, that's what for I For very long. That's the impression I'm getting. Um, so uh, Turpin's kind of questioning Darkseid about the missing children and... Um, so Darkseid shows him where they are, and he's uh, he says he's uh, he's shown the children 
uh, the anti-life equation, and he wants the children mm-hmm. to show him the show turp and what they've learned. And it's a really creepy scene where you see these kids coming out with all these glowing red yeah. eyes. Kind of it's like a ch- Children of the Corn yeah, or children. one of those spooky movies with kids. Yeah, like that old uh, <laughs> Children of the Damned. Really yeah. yeah. Right. I saw the remake of that one. I think Christopher Reeve was in it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, um, just to uh, point out, you know, if you don't know already, Darkseid's been around for a while. <laughs> His first appearance is uh, Superman's pal, Jimmy Olsen, number 134. That is really strange that's his first appearance. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's... Around 1970 is when uh, Kirby defected over to DC. Uh-huh. And I think around in 77 or so, I can't remember what year... He went back to Marvel, you know, to go do Devil Dinosaur and Eternals and that kind of stuff. Right. But um, he created him and, and Jimmy Olsen. I thought that was interesting, too, and I recently purchased that one off of eBay. Oh, cool. About, about a couple months ago because I really wanted his first appearance. Uh-huh. But he's the possessor of the Omega Force. He's got superhuman strength, stamina, durability, and intellect. He's also listed as immortal. All these guys, I think, being gods, are immortal. Um, and uh, he was recently believed to be dead from Countdown from the hands of Orion, right? Yeah. Which was a really cool battle scene, I thought, in Countdown. And um, we got Calabac, created by Jack Kirby in New Gods Number 1, 1971. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's the half-brother to – I mean, he's Darkseid's son, right. which is the half-brother to Orion. And he's the firstborn to uh, to Darkseid, which he kind of hates Orion. So you see these guys clash a lot. Yeah. And he has, like, superhuman strength, durability, and a beta club he always usually carries around. And uh, he was also slain by the Infinity Man in, um, Death, of in uh, Death of New Gods. Thank you. <laughs> and Kanto. And he was created... By Jack Kirby <laughs> in Mr. Miracle number seven. And Mr. Miracle is one of my favorite characters. I, I've always loved him. He's just so visually appealing. Yeah, I think. he has a cool design to his costume. Yeah. And I, I just love those circular discs that he floats on. Yeah, those are cool. Yeah. That was one of the f- first characters that I picked up from DC Comics Presents, you know, Superman and Mr. Miracle. And I was like, this guy's so cool, so I went and got back all his old issues <laughs> when they were cheap, which is cool. But uh, Kanto is a master assassin and uh, pretty much an expert in any type of weapon, so that's what his specialties are. And in these scenes, I thought there was a reference to Granny Goodness, but does that um, come later? Oh, no, there is. Yeah. It's the scene. Yeah, it's in this gave, scene. he says he gave the children to Granny. Yeah, and Gr- Granny kind of takes the the kids and turns them into the the Borg, I guess, fighting weapons and parademons and all kinds of other shit. Yeah, to fight for Darkseid. So she's like the lead trainer, I think, and she's pretty ugly. <laughs> Did you get that that sketchbook for Final Crisis that came out before issue one? No, was it free? Uh, no, you had to pay for it, but I wanted to get it just to see what was. Oh, there. okay. There is a sketch of the concept for the new Granny Goodness design, and uh-huh. it, it is creepy. <laughs> it's going to be really. Well, creepy. she's 
She's always creepy. <laughs> yeah, this one is even more creepy than ever, I think. Wait do you see it. Yeah, somebody said that her Jack Kirby was inspired to draw her from Phyllis Diller. <laughs> <laughs> Thought that was interesting. But uh granted goodness first appearance was in Mr. Miracle uh, number two. Okay. And she kinda runs the female Furies. That's what she's known for. Yeah. She's kind of like the lead trainer. She's very loyal to Darkseid from what I can see. And so then then we cut to the Justice League. And um, what are they talking about here? Um, they're just kind of the talking about death. yeah the death of Orion, the, the information they got out of the Green Lantern's investigation so far. And they're just talking about the, you know, the, the sightings of the new gods from and from New Genesis and Apocalypse have been on the increase. And, mm-hmm. just, and it's pretty it's pretty much the Trinity <laughs> that's t- doing all the talking. Yeah, yeah. Looks like. Because uh, around the table you have Hawkgirl, uh, John Stewart, Vixen, Firestorm, Red Tornado, Black Canary, Red Arrow, and uh, the Trinity. Right. Uh, so then uh, also on, right beside that in the next page you see uh, the three Alpha Lanterns kind of sealing off the Earth. Uh, you got Alpha Lantern, Green Man, Alpha Lantern Boudicca, and Alpha Lantern Varix. And the Alpha Lanterns were kind of, they were a concept that Grant Morrison and Jeff Johns came up with together. And it's kind of like a merging, uh, you mentioned the Manhunters earlier. Mm-hmm. It's like a merging of the, of the Manhunter technology with actual members of the Green Lantern Corps. Right. I heard there were, I heard their power rings are fused with their batteries too. Yeah, their battery is like in their chest. Yeah. Yeah. Have you read the issues and, of Green Lantern Corps where they first appeared? Yeah, okay. and they're 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 kind of like the Internal Affairs Group, right? Yeah, exactly. Of, of the Green Lantern Corps. So when the previous scene, when the Guardians of the Universe are saying, "We know we're sending a team out there," or whatever, they're the, when Hal Jordan is investigating, they're sending their internal investigations over there, which is kind of interesting. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they suspect somebody in their own. Class to be doing something. Yeah. Uh, so then, in the, just this last this last panel of this page, you see um, the Earth there, and someone saying, "There, New Earth, the foundation stone of all existence." And then we mm-hmm. go to this, this next page with the uh, with the monitors. And who's who monitors the monitors? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, this is a carryover from Countdown. So you still have all the monitors there. Yeah. And this this focuses on the one monitor that I really cared about in Countdown was Nick's Utan. Utan. Uh-huh. Is that how you pronounce it? Something Uton. like that. Yeah, Utan. <laughs> but he, he he was the one monitor I think that had the perfect earth. Yeah. Or or the earth that Justice was like you didn't even need the superheroes to dress up as superheroes anymore because the Earth was almost like a perfect Earth. Yeah, this was the one and, when they had all retired except for Batman, of course. <laughs> right, and they destroyed the shit out of it. Yeah. I mean, that, that's just what happened. But um, the monitors were created by uh, Marv Wolfman and George Perez and Crisis and Infinite Earths, or the monitor and the anti-monitor. And then the concepts of monitors was introduced in DC uh, Brave, Un- Brave New World. I think it was like an 80-page giant. Yeah. And uh, this this focus is – it's almost like a Superman scene when they they condemn people to the Phantom Zone. That's what this scene reminded me of. Yeah, sort of like, yeah. 
Yeah, you have you have the monitors around the room, and they're kind of like going guilty. <laughs> guilty. Guilty. Yeah. <laughs> and they 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 kind of strip him of his powers, and yeah. they said you're going to live your life as a normal human being. Yeah, they, they strip him of his duties and his powers, and they say his word of attention. So that kind of that's why you see him when mm-hmm. he's going later on that we'll talk about. Yeah. yeah. And um, one of these monitors, one of the female monitors, seems to have like a uh, a thing for him. Yeah. Because she seems to be torn up and is teared up in the next page with the Kryptonian monitor. At least I like to call her the Kryptonian monitor because she has that Kryptonian headdress. Uh-huh. And um, she seems to be choked up of what they did to Nyx. Yeah, these are some cool scenes, the, the backgrounds in these these pages here. Yes. The art in here is really good yeah. in, the, in these scenes. And they made that the, one the monitor buildings. really buildings. Yeah, she's hot. <laughs> she's very good looking. Yeah. So uh, that that pretty much describes those scenes, and then we turn the page and well, before, we cut before back that, to uh, we see those two female monitors talking, and you kind of have this this other monitor that I think was Solomon in Countdown. Oh yeah, that bastard. Yeah, he's kind of over there in the corner, sneaking around, saying. Attention's wander, Wotan, my only obstacle is gone, we're on. And he looks like he's communicating with somebody. Yeah, yeah. and in Countdown, Solomon was kind of always playing chess with Darkseid, or playing, it was it was a, a game to them, I thought. Yeah. And um, they were both oppo- on opposing sides, and it didn't turn out well. Yeah, so we don't really for know. Anybody. He could either be talking to Darkseid, or maybe to Libra, or... Somebody else, a third party we don't even know about yet. Yeah. And from Countdown, wasn't Nyx with... Um, I know I didn't care for Countdown number one, uh-huh. which was kind of a waste. But didn't Countdown number one show Nyx as part of the challengers of the... You know, the the, the challengers group? Uh, as far Sworn as I remember, he was. he was there, but I don't think he was supposed to be part of that. I know it was Kyle Rayner, Donna Troy... Ray Palmer and, and was it Ravager or uh, not Ravager uh, Forager? Yeah, yeah, the Bug Woman, Jason Todd, or was he? Did no, he leave? Jason Todd had left by that point. He said, "Screw this." Yeah. <laughs> and um, the one thing that did it in um, just to refresh my memory, Countdown Number One didn't it show the classical Jack Kirby Olmack? Yeah. Because I think that was the only thing that I liked about issue number one. Actually, I don't know if that was in issue one or if it was in... It was two. It was, yeah, it was, it was towards the end. Because you see the OMAC bust out of Command D with yeah. his grandson. That was such a good story, yeah, I thought, out of Countdown. I really hope it was like picks up with that five stuff issues, and does some new yeah. stories. I just finished reading the OMAC, and one thing that was really interesting about that is... For one thing, it was really sophisticated. Mm-hmm. At least I thought it was for its time. And um, it never ended. Jack Kirby, towards the eighth issue, I think it was eight issues, he just kind of let left it open, and nobody ever finished the story, to my knowledge. Huh. In that series, was he Commandy's grandfather, or was that a, kind of a new thing? I think that was kind of a new thing. Okay. But but uh, in um, Commandy, the, the series... Uh-huh. OMAC started to appear as a backup feature, I think. So I think there was some kind of link in there. Okay. 
because Commandy ran for like fifty-seven issues. It was a it was probably Kirby's longest title to run at DC. It was his own creation. Yeah, I just read an, an issue of Commandy the other day, and I really, really enjoyed it. I'm looking forward to reading some more. Yeah, I, I have the archives, I and I'm almost done with the series. I, I'm only lacking like eight issues. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I want to get those archives, but they're so expensive. I wish they'd come out and trade or something. Yeah, or some kind of omnibus yeah. because the omnibuses are fairly cheap if they put the whole commandy thing in there. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'd go for that. Yeah. It's like fifty bucks for the whole thing. Uh-huh. Wouldn't be too bad. I'm gonna cut over to the the anthro scene, I guess. Okay. And uh, is he drawing the Mentron? What is he drawing there? It looks like the same design that's on the the Mobius chair, from what I can mm. tell. So he ends up drawing that. And in the background, you see the uh, the fallen um, Statue of Liberty, mm-hmm. which is like a key scene from Commandy. I think it's like in the first cover. Yeah. But um, he's uh, Commandy's running. Er, he says, uh, "Mentron gave you a weapon against the gods. We need it now." <laughs> yeah. And, and he's pa- painting the Mentron. I guess in blood is isn't that what he's writing it in on his face? Yeah, or just he made paint. Somehow, but First paint, yeah. Now, I get the impression that he is Metron now, but I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. Uh, I never try to guess Morrison because who knows what the hell he's thinking. Yeah. See, I'm not sure because <laughs> but, in the panels where he's you know putting that design in the ground, mm-hmm. it looks like he's in a completely different place from where he is when Commandy's there. So it seems like he might have teleported somehow or. Yeah, he's on post-apocalyptic Earth with Commandy now. Somehow, yeah. I don't know how the hell he got there, so th- but it would make it would make sense because the Mobius chair travels through time. Exactly. So, so um, when we talked about Metron giving him a gift, you know, this is what Metron gave him. Apparently, maybe he, maybe he can travel through time. Yeah, or, maybe he's has the Mobius chair. Maybe he is Metron. That's what. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's what makes me think he is Metron now. So I don't know. Which might might make sense. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, you got all the other new gods showing up in new bodies, so you know. Yeah. yeah, but he showed up in the past, which would make sense because he's always traveling through time. Uh huh. Yeah, that's that's interesting. And then the last scene, you 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 see Nick Uton wake up, and he he's he's a human. Yeah. And uh, on the TV, they're playing the. Uh, the scenes from Ollie, they're talking, interviewing Ollie about, I guess, the the death of uh, John Jones. Yeah. And uh, that's issue one. Final Crisis. Woohoo! Creative team was Grant Morrison, J.G. Jones doing the art and cover, Alex Sinclair on colors, Rob Lee on lettering, Adam Siglane, Assistant editor and Eddie Braganza is the editor. I, I I liked it. I really liked it. Yeah, I do too. I, I I read it three times. Yeah, I've read it about five times now. I think, and uh, four times if you count this. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to let you know that Commandy first appeared in, in Commandy uh, number one in 1972. Man, he pumped out. A lot of product, that guy, yeah. Jack Kirby. Jack Kirby, yeah. I mean, no, just think about 1971 through 1970, 
whenever he left, he was doing like New Gods, Commandy, OMAC, Forever People, uh, Jimmy Olsen, Mr. Miracle. Um, Mr. Miracle. I mean, that's a lot of content. Yeah. And I'm sure, I, I just can't imagine being an artist today pumping out that much. And not only did he draw this thing, but he wrote it. Yeah. So that was just that's just he's he's the man. And it wasn't that's like, they it wasn't team. simple artwork for the time either. I mean it was really detailed. No. I mean he, he put more detail in the backgrounds that I, I I can't ever imagine, you know. He just his line work inside of the figures and stuff and the way he drew technology, it was just incredible. Yeah. And I and I, I think I think Grant Morrison loves Jack Kirby, and that's why he's doing this. Yeah. I mean, the Seven Soldiers, he did Clary and the Witch Boy. That's another thing he did, the Demon. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he was put, pushing out a lot of DC product. And it, uh, most of it was new. I mean, everything that he was doing was new. It wasn't like taking existing shit and using it over again. Uh-huh. It was like everything brand spanking new. I couldn't imagine a creator now jumping in and doing all that. No. <laughs> it wouldn't happen. Yeah, I just can't imagine how much this guy worked. Yeah. Either he was phenomenal, like, at pumping out pages, like, incredibly fast. Or, um, I, I don't know, he almost seems superhuman. <laughs> <laughs> His mutant ability was to create comics. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the way they did it in Marvel, you know, with the Marvel way, I mean, to me, Jack created a lot more than he gets credit for. Oh, yeah. Because Stan would write on a notepad what he wanted, and then Jack would take it, do the whole damn thing, and then Stan would come and put in text. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, a lot of work went in there on on what went in those panels by Jack. So, uh, you want to get into Final Crisis 2? Yes. Or do you want to... Yes. Well, yeah. If you want to do something else first, whatever. No, we can we can do that. Okay. The, the Final Crisis Two. I liked it more and more the more I read it. Because mm-hmm. the first read, I was kind of confused. I was very confused the first time because it seemed like it jumped around too much and it seemed like there was so much random stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. Whereas I could follow one from beginning to end and I knew everything that was going on. Number two, I was kind of lost. And I I think a lot of the – where I was lost was the introduction to this. But just to give a quick synopsis, uh, this is basically building upon the society and Libra trying to take over the society and all the villains. Mm -hmm. It um, introduces some uh, Japanese superheroes. And uh, Shiloh Norman's introduced again, which is Mr. Miracle. Not the Scott Free Mr. Miracle, but um, the other Mr. Miracle. And then it continues looking into the murders of Orion and um, Martian Manhunter. And that's what this one focuses on. Did I miss anything? Uh, no, sounds, Key? sounds good. So that's the synopsis. I'll talk about the first opening scene. Um, this this kind of confused me, but after I read it through many times, I, I I understood where he's going with this. He's he's trying to do what Keith Cunningham is doing, you know, with the with creating Canadian superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> he 
he's throwing out a bunch of new characters in Japan. Yeah. And um, the only character in this whole Japan scene that looked familiar was Rising Sun. And um, the only reason he looked familiar to me is because I was aware of the Global Guardians. Okay. And uh, from the Global Guardians, we got Fire and Ice, which was Justice League International. But I think they had different names when they were part of the Global Guardians. I think there was Ice Maiden and um, the Green Flame or something like that. Yeah. And uh, you got Jack-O-Lantern, who's a pretty popular – I mean, he, he had his own book – I can't remember the name of the book that DC published, but he was in there. And they, it was basically like a United Nations Justice League uh, with people from all around the country. And uh, th- this scene is really interesting, especially the more and more I read it. But what it is is a cultural differences in Japan. <laughs> it's basically taking somebody like Rising Sun – and all the new heroes, and he's kind of like bashing the, the the new heroes, saying, you know, they they don't have any direction, or they don't know what they're doing, and uh-huh. and they don't have any discipline, and uh, they're kind of like watching him say that over the TV, and the group that's watching him is called the Super Young Team, and uh, he makes references to uh, his day when they were the Big Science Action. That's kind <laughs> of a weird team name, but. Uh, he was part of the Global Guardians, and I have his first appearance here somewhere, and I think it was really interesting. His first appearance was in Super Friends number 8, <laughs> okay. 1977, where he was a member of the Global Guardians. But uh, he seems pretty powerful. He absorbs solar energy and projects intense heat, light, and flame from his body. And he can manipulate the electromagnetic field, allowing him to levitate and fly. And then he could absorb solar wind to fly at great speed. But uh, the first three pages are, are pretty much watching like a news clip. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's pretty much bas- bashing these this next generation of superhero. Yeah. Yeah, and with the with all these new heroes that are kind of lounging around on this bar in like the, the intercut scenes, they're mm-hmm. all like uh, kind of based on other like American hero motifs. Because you got like that one guy that's the he's the most excellent super bat. Ah, oh, like, I didn't notice. This. He's like a mix of Superman and Batman. And then you got the one, oh, the one in the background with the little girl with wings on his shoulder. Yeah, and you can see I'm actually looking at the sketchbook from this. this is why I know more about this. But if you look at his costume, all the little shapes on it, the yellow shapes, mm-hmm. those are all the little yellow parts from Superman's insignia, like just scattered all over his suit. Oh shit! Yeah. Now I see it. <laughs> I would have never seen that. And is this chick with the green hair and legatards or uh, or fishnets, uh, black canary or what? <laughs> um, hold on, let me pull out that sketchbook. It says who she is too. I should have had that out already. That's interesting. I I didn't even see the sketchbook for sale at my my comic shop. Yeah, I got it from uh, DCBS. Hmm. So you, you had to order it? Yeah. How much was it? Um, two ninety nine. Okay. Yeah, which was a bit much for a sketchbook, but I wanted to check it out anyway. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Yeah, this girl, her name was Aquazon. 
Mm-hmm. Um, shiny Happy Aquazon. She's um, like a female kind of Aquaman type character. The one with Interesting. The, the fishnets. And then you have the other kid that has... Um, well, well, we'll get to him later. You kind of see little, him a little bit better later on. But yeah, that most excellent Superbat, you can see like this, the yellow parts of Superman's costume mm-hmm. on him. Well, there's this one guy with the zipper almost over his mouth, or his that covers his face. Who's yeah, he supposed to be? He is the big atomic lantern boy. And he's kind, oh, of, okay. he's kind of ripping off Green Lantern because he has the Green Lantern symbols on his, uh-huh. on his sleeves. Um, the little girl with the wings is... Uh, Shy, crazy Lolita Canary, and she kind of wow. she kind of has the Black Canary scream powers. Ah, and the guy with the goggles must be like a speed guy. Yeah, well-spoken Sonic Lightning Flash is his name. Okay, <laughs> but yeah, he's the this is sir. this is cool because I I didn't have this insight. So you're you're teaching me something here. I I, I wish I would have got the sketchbook now. Yeah. So, um, in the next scene, we cut to a bar where those guys are at, right? Mm-hmm. Which, and um, inside that bar is Sony Sumo, and Sony Sumo, I think is, I think is a new god uh, in yeah. some body. I've got him pulled up here. Um, his first appearance is in Forever People number four. Is he Sony Sumo? Yeah, Sony Sumo. That is, is that his- is his name? Um, he possesses an aspect of the anti-life equation. It says here. Um, cool. And they used. It says the Forever People used their mother box to unlock the anti-life equation inside Sunny. Mm-hmm. Do you have a picture of him? Yeah. Oh, okay, I gotta have to check that out. Yeah, he looks pretty much the same in this picture I'm looking at. Okay, in in this in this scene in the bar, this mega yakuza challenges him. I don't know why. I guess he's a big shot over there, yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he's like, hey, don't bother me. Don't provoke me. And this guy's like, well, I'm going to provoke you. And he's burning him in his back. And uh, Sonny, or is that his name? Sonny Sumo. Sonny Son- Sumo. He-, he turns around and pulls this guy's heart out yeah. and throws it in a glass. <laughs> that was really cool. I like that. Yeah. Is this a superhero bar? It looks like, yeah, all these Japanese superheroes are kind of hanging out there. Yeah, because if you notice when he's going into the men's room, it has a cape on the dude. Did you notice that? Mm. You know you know how they have the man symbol? Oh, yeah, I see that, yeah. It's got like a little cape. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, hey, if you're, only superheroes could go into this bathroom. Yeah. It's either that or maybe it's like kind of like a superhero-themed bar, kind of like you have yeah. like Planet Krypton and Kingdom Come. So um, at that bar... Shiloh Norman or, uh, shows up in a limo, it looks like, <laughs> and gets the red carpet treatment. Or he's a VIP. Mm-hmm. And uh, he kind of says, uh, you need to join us, Sonny, because there's a cosmic war going on, and I'm going to need you on my team. Or he's putting a team together. And meanwhile, these, these kids, this new group, is trying to get Sonny Sumu's autograph right yeah. or trying to talk to him yeah but um shiloh norman is has been around for for quite some time too mm-hmm. um 
they're they're like the legacy of Mr. Miracle was um there was a guy called Thaddeus Brown who was the original escape artist um called Mr. Miracle when Scott Free escaped from Apocalypse he he started working with Thaddeus Brown and uh Shiloh Norman was Thaddeus Brown's uh little uh Robin if you will you know his he was mentoring him okay in Scott Free and when Thaddeus died um Scott Free kind of adopted or you know started mentoring uh Shiloh and then uh Shiloh jo- uh donned the Mr. Miracle garb later on and uh for a while there he was uh he was in he was the warden of the slab in Antarctica I can't remember what issues those were in but I remember reading it um let's see do you remember reading that too um it was during the 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 Joker the last laugh thing for the Joker. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I couldn't remember what it was in. I just remember there was a prison break. Yeah, and he maintained it or something and became warden. Um, but uh, yeah, that's how Shiloh Norman. You know, he's been around for quite some time. He, his first appearance might be in Mister Miracle Number One. I'm not sure. Uh, says here, created by Jack Kirby, he first appeared in Mister Miracle Number Fifteen. Okay, so he showed up quite some time after Mister um, Miracle. And Sonny Sumo, um, going back to him, he was created by Jack Kirby and Mike Royer. Yep, and um, Forever People, right? People Number Four, yeah. Yeah, see, I didn't know that. That's I thought he was brand spank, or I thought he was like a another character inside of a human body, but I didn't know who he was. Now I don't think he's he's a new god, but I could be wrong. Yeah, the Forever People are not new gods. I don't think. Yeah, you got Big Bear and all those characters. I can't remember their names. They're they're interesting. They travel around in this big old. Looks like a fantastic car. <laughs> They're like space hippies. With wheels. Yeah, space hippies. <laughs> um, you want to cover the next scene? Okay. Uh, the next scene, you kind of kind of a montage of uh, this uh, Nick's Wotan. And uh, you see him with a dictionary, kind of reading off words. And that's what I was referring to earlier, where um, the monitors took away his word of, what was the word of power or something like that? Mm-hmm. So he's trying to figure out – he knows that there's a word that he needs, and he's trying to figure it out. So he's saying all these words out loud. And that kind of reminds me of Black Adam, you know, trying to figure out his uh, magic word when yeah. Billy changed it. Um, so you have Nick's uh, – he's working at the Big Billy Burger restaurant, and he's talking about he's had these dreams about a machine made of parallel universes, and he was sentenced to ex- exile on Earth. And this girl is asking, asking if he dreams in color and to excuse his stoner friend. Or excuse her <laughs> to the customer. Yeah. Uh, so then you and, see. Okay, go ahead. They think he's nuts. Yeah. You have some of these guys like smirking and doing those uh, like loco signs. Yeah. With the finger. <laughs> and you see here. Uh, you see Nick's uh, sketching these pictures, and you see like one of them's like some kind of weird version of Superman. It looks like with like a lightning bolt on his chest. Does this look mm-hmm. familiar to you? Yeah. I mean, no, no, it doesn't. Okay. I, I was, and then one of them looks kind of like a Supergirl with the same thing. Yeah. And then there's. And then you got a monitor. 
And there's another guy that might be a Captain Adam, or he kind of looks like uh, Doctor Manhattan from Watchmen. Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. Because <laughs> he has that symbol on his forehead. So I don't know. Yeah, and this one scene that's right next to uh, the monitor he's drawing. To me, it looked like the Flash, like when he was about to die in Crisis. Where's Just that? the screaming. It's right next to the monitor. You know, he's coloring in the monitor. Oh, right by his hand. Yeah, I see that now. Yeah, it looked like it looks like the Flash to me. <laughs> okay. But maybe that could just be me. But that was an interesting scene. He's trying to discover the word. Yeah. But he doesn't quite remember anything. It's he's like has all these visions and or dreams about everything, but he doesn't know how to put them all together. Yeah. Make- the, the next the next few scenes, you got Turpin beating the crap out of um, Mad Hatter. I mean, he's beating the crap out of him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, he's trying to find out about the kids, and um, and all Matt Hunter gives him is Bloodhaven. Yeah, and you can see at this point Turpin's kind of losing it, like he's not really himself. Yeah, want to cut to the next scene yeah. here? To the next scene, we have the the funeral of John Johns, the Martian Manhunter. Um, all the heroes are on Mars, um, being protected by uh, John Stewart's power ring. Uh, got a ton of heroes standing around. Superman is kind of giving out his um, what's the word for it? Like eulogy. E- eulogy. Thank you. Um, pretty much the whole Justice League is there in, in the background. You can see Booster Gold and members of the JSA are there and several other heroes. Which Booster Gold being there kind of threw me off because supposedly they don't know where he is right now, according to Booster Gold continuity. Yeah. You got Zatanna there. Yeah. she's She looks taller than she usually is to me there. She's taller than Vixen and Howard. That doesn't seem right, though. Yeah. Does well, it? Well, she has those high heels, so maybe that's... Yeah. They must be really high. Cause she's, she's taller than Wonder Woman. She's an Amazon. Yeah, she might be on a little bit of a rise there because you can see like a hill going up behind everybody. So okay. maybe she's standing up higher than everybody else. And you have Geoforce there. Yeah, and over here on the far right by Firestorm. Who is that? Uh, that's uh, Metamorpho. Is that who that is? Yeah, if you look at uh, oh, I can right see. below it, you have an orange and a purple on the right. Okay, yeah, I see that now. All right. And being that the Outsiders are there, it's kind of Metamorpho and Geoforce. Yeah. Um, Who's the girl with the white hair? Is that Ice? Who's that? <laughs> Next to Batman. Yeah, um, it could be. She's the only one I can think of that has white hair. Yeah, and then you got Stargirl. Well, it could be Power Girl, because I don't see her anywhere else. That's probably Power Girl. Yeah, I bet it is. But they're just, their color's wrong. Yeah. I, I, I would, because the JSA's there. Yeah. You got Our Man, Alan Scott, Dr. Midnight, Wildcat. Star Girl. Yeah, you can see Kyle Rayner back there in the back. Yeah. Hawkman, Hawk Girl. Mm-hmm. Mr. Terrific. Yeah. Skeets. Yeah. The only one that seems out of place to me is Booster. Exactly. And uh, if that is Ice, it's, it would be kind of out of place, but that's probably Power Girl, like you said. Yeah, I'm sure it's supposed to be Power Girl. 
So the next scene cuts to uh, Libra, and he's. This is after they killed Marsh Manhunter, and he's like saying, "Are you convinced yet?" And then Luther kind of says, "You know, if you can take out Superman, then I'll be convinced." And um, on the second page, there, this this is interesting. For one thing, that's kind of funny is Doctor Savannah's car. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's just hilarious. Yeah, that kind of tickled me when I saw that, too. Yeah. It's like a futuristic-looking uh, car. All the bad guys that we mentioned in last issue are here again. And uh, we have a couple of additions. You got Shadow Thief, mm-hmm. which I didn't notice until later, but he's there. You got the Reverse Flash, or Professor Zoom. I don't know what he goes by these days. Um, you got Talia again. Yeah. At least that's what I think she is. Deathstroke, he wasn't there before. Weather Wizard. And uh, Heat Wave. Is that, and that is over there by Grodd? Is that Heat Wave? Yeah, okay. that's Heat Wave. Okay. He's got the gun holster on his shoulder. Yeah. And then Icicle is yeah. down there in that next panel beside, um, what's his name? Uh, Killer Frost, Killer isn't Frost. that? Yeah, that's her name, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, my bad. Yep. And uh, one one of the things that's interesting here is the girls, girls, girls thing in the background, that must be their hideout now, mm-hmm. right? But wasn't that the same um, building that they showed in, um, what was it, Countdown? It was the DC Universe to, Zero. It was the very DC last Universe scene. Zero, yeah. yeah. That was that same place. The last scene where they had the lightning bolt. Yeah. And that was the same building. We'll find out the significance of that building at the end of this issue, actually. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Vandal Savage seems like uh, he slams uh, Lex Luthor here, doesn't it? Uh-huh. <laughs> he says, I've walked the earth since the morning of time, and I've seen so many little men squandering little lives on the p- petty power struggles that bring meaning to otherwise futile momentary existences. If he promises me an end to the boredom, I'll take it. <laughs> so he sounds like he's 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 convinced. <laughs> yeah. Well, you also see here in that other page, uh, Luthor is talking to Libra, and uh, Libra's saying, um, so he says, let me get this straight. If you're saying, uh, if I hurt Superman, you'll join me. And uh, what's significant is you see Clayface down there, you know, telling Luthor that he's next in line for a favor. So, And when yeah. we get into what happens later on, it's kind of interesting how Libra kind of manipulated that situation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... The other thing there is Luther never answered him, did he? <laughs> no, not really, no. He looks still kind of pissed off. Uh-huh. It's like, who the hell are you? <laughs> he probably be there, even more mad when he finds out what he did to Superman. Yeah, yeah. And then, then the last few panels, last three panels, have uh, the human flame um, talking to uh, Libra again, saying, you know, I owe you big time. And he's like, well, let me talk to you about what you can do for me, <laughs> kind of thing, you know. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't sound good for the human flame. No, it doesn't. You want to capture the next few panels? Okay, uh, next few pages. Um, we're in a lab somewhere, probably in the Hall of Justice. Um, you get the Flash there, Wonder Woman, Batman, Superman, and uh, Orion's body is there, suspended in a in with the power of the uh, Alpha Lantern. Um, which one is that? Kraken? Yeah, Alpha Lantern yeah. Kraken. Um, how Jordan shows up with her saying that this is his superior officer. and He seems kind of uncomfortable having her around with the Justice League. 
and she kind of makes like a snotty comment about the this local cl- crime fighting club, and yeah. saying that he's he's uh, has too many extracurricular activities and he has other areas of his sector he needs to be looking after. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she's kind of like being um, rude to the Justice League, like you guys don't know what the hell you're doing, yeah. kind of attitude. Exactly. Yeah. In other words, they're an inconvenience and in their way. At least that's the impression I get. Yeah, that's what that's how she's coming across to them. And uh, talk about uh, Batman was is saying that he uh, instructed uh, John Stewart to examine the crime scene for a bullet. And again, the Alpha Lantern kind of goes off about that. You know, mm-hmm. he instructed Lantern John Stewart on whose authority. And Wonder Woman kind of tries to say, you know, sister to her and. She kind of, I'm not your sister. I'm in charge of this investigation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, he's also coordinating, I think, the Flash is investigating the links to Martian Manhunter death. So. Yeah. He's tackling, he's trying to kill two two birds with one stone <laughs> at the same time. Batman's a badass. Yeah. He just is. He's like everything. Batman's awesome. Yeah, and you see yeah. how kind of trying to explain, you know, what's going on with the Alpha Lanterns and wanting everybody mm-hmm. to work together, you know. Yeah, this is a little off topic, but I, I think it's interesting in uh, Trinity how uh, how uh, Morgan Le Fay is like Batman. Is, is I don't want to pay attention to him. <laughs> Whereas Enigma is like, this is the guy you have to pay attention to. <laughs> exactly, yeah. He, he's like the genius. He's, you know... <laughs> You're, just because he has no powers, you know, don't... Yeah, he doesn't, he's probably... The, yeah. He doesn't need powers. He'll find a way no matter what. Yeah. He's he's the ultimate badass. Yeah. So uh, the, the Alpha Lantern kind of tells uh, Stuart, or Jordan that uh, his duty shift is over and that she'll call him in the morning. So she kind of dismisses him. Mm-hmm. Since I'm not caught up on all my Green Lantern, is she that... Um, is she like the leader of the Alpha Lanterns? I never got that impression from the Green Lantern Corps issues, but okay. evidently that's what that's the case with this. That she's kind of like the um, the head Alpha the Lantern, head. yeah, yeah. Or at least she's in charge of this investigation, you know, and that mm-hmm. that makes her, you know, higher up. Okay, I want to talk about this next scene, and I wanted to this this scene confused me and, until I read it. Like a second or third time, yeah. Just by the the sequence of events uh-huh. in the art, but um, you have Optu, who's another Green Lantern, and uh, John Stewart at the uh, Orion death crime scene, and they're looking for the bullet that Batman's talking about. And um, did they did they say that it was in the concrete and happened years ago? So it's like happened in the past or something like that. Yeah. John Stewart saying um, they detected an energy signature, and something's been buried in the concrete foundation for fifty years or more. Right. Yeah. And this this is the part of the scene in the third panel over on the left hand side. Mm-hmm. I see Opto fly away for a while. Yeah, he's talking about a, he's stra- like, a strange noise or something, and he keeps going around to figure out what it is or something. Yeah, he's like, "Tell me when I get back." When I read it the first time, I didn't capture that. So I, I didn't capture that one little, you know, like he's taken off. Uh-huh. And then he's doing his investigation, and all of a sudden he has these spikes going into him, and they're like Green Lantern spikes. And then 
there's I got real confused because it almost looked to me like Opto was doing it. That's what I thought at first. At first, at first. So yeah. we both had the same impression when we read it the first time, right? Yeah. So it looked like he got attacked. He attacked him, and then you read it very carefully, like a second or third time, and he he's just coming back and sees him attacked. Yeah, and that's the thing too. So he saw what happened. Yeah. Okay. So it's it sounds it sounds like the second panel on the right hand side, Optu is still investigating that noise, right? Uh huh. And um. He's like, and then he hears something going on, and he's like, "John Stewart, John Stewart," and then he goes back, I think. Yeah. But uh, so John Stewart's attacked, and he's he's wounded pretty good, from what I can tell. Yeah, and you see him kind of throw a punch, and and a hand of a Green Lantern kind of catches his yeah. wrist. So and that that glove looks like Hal Jordan's glove. Exactly. Yeah. So that's what the key is there. And then the next scene, you see the Alpha Lantern showing up in Hal, Hal Jordan's room and arresting him for attempted murder. Yeah, and Opto is there, too, in that scene. So evidently, he saw what he thought was Hal Jordan when it happened. Yeah. Yeah. And Opto has the white glove, too. Uh-huh. So um, now, that I'm, now that we're discussing this, I'm beginning to think... Well, I'll talk to you. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> okay. I have my my theories, but we'll, yeah, we'll get to it in a minute. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you want to talk about the Batman Superman scene? Um, yeah. So we have Batman Superman, and they found out um, something. You know what's going on with, with Hal Jordan, and um, <clears throat> Batman's talking about that it just doesn't make sense, and um, he doesn't trust Kraken, and he doesn't think Superman does either. And um, you know, Superman says if she's if she's wrong, I'm sure she'll. You know, and I'm sure she is. It wouldn't take as long to prove Hal's innocence. Um, they said Dr. Midnight and Wonder Woman are treating John Stewart for purple or with purple ray treatments. I don't know if you, you know what that's all about. I think the purple ray treatments are an Amazon technology. Okay. And they were introduced in Wonder Woman, all right. if I remember correctly. Okay. Um, and so Superman is saying that uh, he needs to go back to his Clark Kent identity because he's been away for too long. So he needs to kind of protect his secret identity. And so he flies off. And so we've got Batman left alone with this Alpha Lantern Kraken. And uh, she's acting kind of weird, talking about how how Jordan was once possessed by the Parallax. And um, Batman sees that she's acting weird and asks if she's all right. And you see her, and all of a sudden she kind of throws her hand up, and she's saying, help me, she's eating my mind alive. And you can see a, like the impression of a, of a lantern ring on her hand mm-hmm. so here's what I was thinking when how when uh, John Stewart threw that punch that's what that's from oh shit so, so she, she's the one that, she was disguising okay. herself as Hal Jordan I think oh yeah so well it could yeah yeah that has to be it so she punched so that that's not normally on her hand because she has a ring on yeah so he punched he punched it right there, and that's the impression. Yeah. Okay, so I, I, you can I see like that. the cracks coming out of it on, on the palm of her hand. Yeah, so that's why. Yeah. So um, Batman um, kind of grabs a hold of her because he knows something's wrong, and he calls a black alert to seal the Hall of Justice. And she kind of zaps him with some kind of insect thing from her. Looks like a parallax-looking green thing. Yeah, <laughs> it like bites him in the shoulders. Mm-hmm. And uh, she activates a boom tube. 
and says Batman is going to be a new plaything for Granny. Granny. Yeah, so this, this Alpha Lantern is... It, do, you, do you think this Alpha Lantern is Granny? I think so, yeah. Or, or Granny took over this Alpha Lantern. Well, That's what happened, Yeah, right? Granny's like soul or whatever is in this Alpha Lantern. Right. So she keeps on taking over. Like, she probably took out Jon Stewart and then gave her body back. She came back to the Justice League, and then she started to lose it again, and Granny took over the body again. Yeah. Um... Then we cut back to Bloodhaven, and you see the Atomic Knights riding their enlarged hyenas or whatever they yeah, ride. Dalmatians or something. Yeah, patrolling the patrolling the area. And um, Turpin is, is in the area, and he re- runs across uh, Reverend Good. And um, from what I can tell, this Reverend Good is uh, Gilbert, or uh, Gilbert Godfrey, is... Uh, one of those uh, glorious Godfrey, who was is is related to the new gods, and he's a bad guy who has powers of persuasion. Okay. And his first appearance was Forever People number three, but uh, I think in Legends the miniseries, um, glorious Godfrey played uh, a character that was trying to you know persuade people and uh-huh. um, manipulate people, and that's what he's doing here. And it seems like wherever they are in Bloodhaven now is like where all the apocalyptic new gods are. They're in they're in Command D. You can see in that yeah. up there. Oh, oh shit. Yeah, yeah Command D. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's very interesting. Didn't yeah. see that. Which is interesting because you see Command D in one of the cells there. Command D in one of the scenes. Yeah, he's one of the he's in one of the cells. Uh-huh. Who's this, what, what's this reference to Mr. Simeon and Mr. Makari? Are they new gods there? Um, let me look them up. Makari sounds familiar. Simeon. Oh, it's for something related to Project Cadmus, it says here. Let me see. Oh. Where, where is this at now? I'm doing like a Wikipedia. The Cadmus is a Kirby <laughs> thing, too. <laughs> guy's see. done everything. Uh, let's see. The project has an opposite number in the form of the Evil Factory, a monster-creating project set up by Darkseid as part of Intergang and run by two of his servants called Simeon and Makari. They were originally ah. created at Project Cadmus, but due to the cruelty of the experimentation they ex- experienced at the hands of Dr. Dabney Donovan, they develop a great deal of hatred towards humanity. Wow. Interesting. What, when Does it say when the, they appeared? Uh, no, it's not Sam when they were fir- when they first appeared. And it seems in the, in these scenes, it seems like Turpin is is toggling personalities here too, right? Yeah. He, in other words, Darkseid is taking over his body, is taking over him. It seems like. Yeah, because you get that reference from that uh, good guy. Um, yeah. They've grown a new body for your son, Calabac the Cruel. So, right. Yeah. And in the the last panel on that. Right hand side, it almost looks like he's got those dark side cracks in his face. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And his ears bleeding. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Yeah, I don't know. Maybe what, that's what happens when dark side is starting. To oh, take was was uh? Yeah, I have to get out issue one again. But I wonder if that other that other guy's body he was in, if it, his ear was bleeding. Yeah, or maybe he's just you know, wearing out this body again already. 
because yeah. you know, he's an old man and he's a smoker and everything. Maybe this body's not lasting as long. Yeah, he's retired, so he's he's an older guy. Yeah. And um, then you have a scene there. Oh, Commandy fought a lot of like uh, what do they call those when the animals look like humans? Like anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Uh-huh. It looks like you have those anthropomorphic characters on the operating tables there. Yeah, there's like a tiger person and, and then there's And the two in all the tubes. If you look on the tubes oh, up yeah. there on the Oh yeah. yeah, there's like a reptile of some kind and Yeah. Like so they they look like creatures out of Commandy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh Batman's captured. Mm-hmm. And you've got that Alpha Lantern there doing the experimenting too. Mm-hmm. Which is which actually is Granny. And I think these two characters are bad guys or with the Alpha Lantern. They should look familiar. I think these they, these, these guys were Simeon and Makari that, that he was talking about a while ago. Yeah, because the, but the, that guy are, with the side that guy with the sideburns sure looks like a commandy character. Sideburns. Uh, that one doctor. Oh, with the orange face. Yeah. No. 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 He's got these sideburns. He's he's got like a, a needle in his uh, hand. It's on the top panel. You have Alpha Lantern and then the guy with the funky eyebrows, or if you want to call oh, okay, it Okay, yeah, yeah. That's, he the guy with the sideburns. Okay. He looks familiar. He looks like a commandy thing. See, I was taking it that he was Simeon because he kind of looks like a monkey. He probably is. Yeah. I'm going to have to do more research on those two guys. Yeah, I'm still trying to look it. up more information about it, but I'm not really finding much. So. Yeah. It's just all I'm finding is stuff about Project Cadmus. And it seems like Turpin is like toggling in and out. Does it seem that way to you? In other words, sometimes he's himself, and then sometimes he's not. Yeah. Because uh, in this one panel, he says, "Oh God, oh Jesus, there's someone in my head." And Batman tells him, "They're coming to get us all. Warn the Justice League. Warn everyone." And then all these shots kind of, or this mask goes over Batman's face, and shots go into his head. Looks like. It's very interesting. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy stuff. Yes. <laughs> kind of worried about Batman here. Yeah, I am too. And then um, I'll talk about the next scene, and then you can talk about the, the last scene. Okay. The flashes. Um, scene cuts to uh, the Daily Planet, and uh, Perry White's talking to Clark. Uh, about the uh, article he did on the death of Martian Manhunter. And uh, Lois is doing a story about the missing kids, and she tells Jimmy, can you run this downstairs for me? And he's like, my pleasure, Mrs. Kent. And uh, he takes off, and Clark realizes something. He's like, Jimmy Olsen, wait a minute. And in the elevator, you can see Jimmy Olsen morphing into Clayface. Uh So that was Clayface. And then... um, Clark realizes something bad is going to go down, and Daily Planet blows up. The upper part of the Daily Planet's just torn to shreds. Yeah. And uh, Lois looks dead. <laughs> yeah, well, not to mention Perry White's there, too, you know? Perry White, him. and God knows how many other uh, Superman um, supporting cast yeah. were in that building. Man. But uh, he's like, Lois, Lois, no. And the the explosion blew off all of Clark's clothes, so all that's left is the Superman clothes. Uh You can see remnants of the Clark's pants there. Yeah. 
And then uh, you want to cover the the Flash. Okay. Uh, the next couple pages, um, you got Wally West and Jay Garrick, the two Flashes. Um, <laughs> Wally's talking about how Batman asked him to search through the entire internet for unusual activity when John was murdered. Mm-hmm. So I thought that was funny that Wally, you know, checked everything on the internet about that. Yeah. Uh, so they're kind of having a conversation, and then they show up at, the, at this Girls, Girls, Girls strip club place. And uh, this is where uh, Jay says, this is the place where Barry and he met all those years ago. <laughs> and and uh, Wally's like, at a strip bar? Nobody told me that when I was Kid Flash. <laughs> and Jay explains that it used to be the Central City Community Center. And uh, they're just kind of talking about Barry and and now John. And while that's going on, uh, Wally found this uh, crime Bible there that um, Libra evidently left behind. Mm-hmm. And then they find the Mobius chair. And uh, Wally thinks it's just you know a fake, like plastic and wire, and doesn't look like the real Mobius chair. Yeah, Wally starts making these theories about this bullet that traveled through time. And he's talking about, um, well, Batman had the idea that um, a bullet fired backwards through time. And uh, What if there was a god bullet that breaks into time, the shell travels back through time, kills Orion, and passes through him into the past, where it finally buries itself in the concrete 50 years ago? So um, while that's going on, there's some kind of vibrations and the electricity sparks out from the Mobius chair and um, um, Jay Garrick is talking about these vibrations you know don't you recognize them and then you see somebody saying Wally Jay everybody and the next page you got Barry Allen run and there's a bullet coming after him and the uh, the black racer behind that so that was a bullet huh yeah and there's something Looks like some kind of organism in the yeah, bullet. Yeah, there's something inside it, like a germ or something. I don't yeah. Know, maybe like the Mortococcus virus or something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So that's evidently what killed Orion. Another fantastic issue. Yeah, definitely. Like, like I, th- I think we both had the same reaction initially. We were a little confused with some of the stuff going on, but reading it again and again. <laughs> yeah. I think See, this- it's... I think what really threw me off was that, like, you were talking about those first few pages with all these Japanese characters. Mm-hmm. But I think in the long run, they don't, they're not really going to matter much. They're just kind of there. Yeah. So, but we'll see, I guess. Well, they might matter, or they might yeah. spin off into some yeah. series. Or they or might something. end up joining up with Shiloh Norman and Sonny Sumo to do whatever he wants to do. That's what he should do. He's trying to build an army. Yeah. Shallow Norman looks like a tough pimp. Yeah. He's like, he drives up in the limo. <laughs> Good issue. I, I liked it. Yeah, I liked it a lot. I did too. So overall, what would you give these issues a. in the grading scale? A. Me too. <laughs> Seems like a lot of people don't like it, but there's a lot of people that do like it too. Uh-huh. But, um... What would you think of this title if this was your first comic? Would you know what the hell was going on? No, no. Yeah. That's the thing, too. That's why most people are complaining, because it's so steeped in DC Universe history. Right. That you have to be, like, a big DC fan to really enjoy mm-hmm. it, you know. And you have to know all that, this New God stuff, and you know. 
Right. It, it seems like DC does that more than Marvel. Uh-huh. In other words, they expect you to know a lot. Yeah. Whereas Marvel, it seems like you could pick up Secret Invasion and know there's scrolls of impersonating superheroes and stuff and not have to know all this history. Yeah, I mean, I, See, can, I, ha- I can understand the frustration with it on that account, but, I mean, it's still a really good story. Uh, and then I just had a few more notes on some of the characters. Matt Hatter was created by Bob Kane and Bill Finger in 1948, Batman yeah. number 49. And he's got the mind control devices, usually in his hat, but he's had them elsewhere. <clears throat> um Killer Frost as a Firestorm villain created in 1978 and Firestorm number three by Jerry Conway and Al Milgram. And the first Killer Frost was Crystal Frost, which she's dead. And the new one is Louise Lincoln. And her powers are cold and ice manipulation. And she becomes more and more powerful based on heat. So she could generate more ice based on the more heat she can consume. So she'll suck the, like, living human heat out of you and kill you. And then the Atomic Knights first appeared in Strange Adventures, 117, 1960. They were created by John Broom and Murphy Anderson. <clears throat> they were the heroes that lived in a post-apocalyptic future, much like uh, Commandy. Okay. And they have armor that can generate blasts and... you. They, you saw in the was it the battle for Bloodhaven? They uh they appeared quite a bit, yeah. And um, one of the Atomic Knights, the main one, I forget what his name is, like Gardner Grayson or something like that. I can't remember his name, but uh, he appeared in like the as a backup story in, in some of the Wonder Woman's, you know, post pre crisis. I think. Okay. That was a lot of detail there. Yeah, it's cool how they're tying in all that stuff with what happened in uh, Bloodhaven. You know, that's really interesting. Yeah. How they're bringing in the Atomic Knights and the Command D bunker. Yeah, and if you don't know why Bloodhaven is is total wasteland, it's because they, the society dropped a chemo yeah. on there, kind of blew it to shit. Yeah, that was in, was that in Infinite Crisis? Uh, yes. Yeah. An infinite crisis. But prior to that, Captain Adam was jacking it up. Or the, after that, Captain Adam was kind of jacking it up. Uh-huh. And uh, I can't remember the, the main villain in there, but they kind of put the Freedom Fighters in there and Monolith. I mean, the battle, battle for Bloodhaven was pretty good in my opinion. Of course, it threw in a lot of characters that I liked, so I, I was happy to, to read that. And did you want to talk a little bit about Trinity. Do you want to jump into previews or do you want to do Trinity first? Let's just take a previews break. Okay. You you pretty much get most of the DC like me, right? Um, pretty much, yeah. Um, a lot of the minis and stuff like that, I'll wait for trade, but yeah. But you are getting Trinity. Getting are you going to get the DC Universe decisions? I don't know. I'm kind of iffy on that. I'm kind of interested in that, to say the truth, just interested. because it's Judd Winnick and Bill Willingham. And uh, I guess it's four issues, so they might trade it if it's if it's well-received. Yeah, it seems really interesting, but, you know, that, like I said, that's something that I always want to wait for trade on because, 
you know, it is four issues and two of them coming out in the same month and everything. Right. Yeah. Might get like, like uh, CNN or Fox coverage, depending on whose side <laughs> somebody chooses. Yeah. Um, got Final Crisis number four with a dark side looking figure on the cover. Yeah. He's looking kind of cool. That's his new design. Are you getting all the Final Crisis tie-ins? Yeah, I'm getting all of them. Revelations, Rogue's Revenge, uh, The Legion of Three Worlds. Yeah, getting all that. Yep, yep, same here. (laughs) I like that cover. I'm even trying Ambush Bug. (laughs) Yeah, I'm getting Ambush Bug. Got a a nice Amanda Connor cover on that issue three of Ambush Bug. Yeah, it's a very nice Ambush Bug cover. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, Secret Six is starting up, yeah, which I'm is ex- really cool. I'm excited about that, too. Yeah. Gail Simone and art by Nicola Scott, covered by yep. Cliff Chang. I love Cliff Chang. Well, she's breathed new life into, like, Ragdoll and, and Catman, uh-huh. for sure. And I love the stuff that focuses on villains like this, so I, that's, like, a natural mm-hmm. sell for me. I'm all over that. Yeah. And Nicola Scott, she can draw pretty good. Yeah. I like her art. I'm trying El Diablo. So I'm very curious about it. I, I collected the the old one. Didn't El Diablo the die in Final Crisis? The other one. Final Crisis. I can't remember. You mean? You I mean, uh, Infinite, Infinite Crisis. Crisis. Um, I remember he showed up. He's the he's the one hero that has like the vest on, and the mask. Yeah. I mean- I have to pull out the book sometime and, and make sure what happened there. But I remember he showed up in, in Infinite Crisis. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna try it. This is a six issue series written by Jay Nitz. I, I never read anything by him, to tell you the truth. Yeah, I never read any of the El Diablo stuff, so I'm not sure if I want to get into that or not. Yeah, they're they're introducing a lot of Hispanic characters. Yeah. in the DCU right now. Yeah. You have the new Blue Beetle, you have El Diablo, and you have the new uh, woman, uh, the Tarot in um, Tarot yeah. in uh, Trinity. Yeah, you have then Renee Montoya kind of front and center is the question now. Yep, and uh, Gangbuster. Yeah, he's in. He's showing up in Trinity too. Mm-hmm. So a lot of Hispanic characters, just cool. Because I'm Hispanic. Yeah. Um, um, Rain in Hell. That one. That issue came out. I think this week. Number three? Number one. Oh, number one, okay. No, number one. Yeah. Did I you, haven't read it yet. Read it? See, that's one I'm trade waiting for, too, because... That I, one is in my DCBS, so I won't get it for another week. Okay. Uh, the Ranthanagar Holy War, are you getting that, too? Yeah. yeah. I read number one, I, I liked it. Yeah. I read, well, I like those characters, so... Yeah, I've read one and two of that, so yeah, I'm enjoying it. I haven't that. read two yet. I like Adam Strange. If 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 you if you like Adam Strange, you gotta pick up that deluxe mini that showed up in the nineties. That was so good. Oh yeah, I can't remember who did it. Um, did you get that I've one? I've got that here somewhere. Yeah, it's uh, that is good, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I really enjoyed that. Who did? And that? Um, Hawk World. I loved Hawk World. That was Tim Truman that did not the series itself, but the the mini before Hawk World was launched. Uh huh. That was really good. Um, I'm looking up that Adam Strange right now. It's not the one that Pascal Ferry did, right? That's the one. It was uh, Richard Bruning and Andy Kubert. 
Okay. It was a three issue mini, and they were like three ninety five each. So they were like, uh, they had that cardboard stock cover. But I, I like Adam Strange. Did you read the eight issue one? Yeah, that's the one by that Andy Diggle and Pascal Ferry. Yeah, that's the one that I was talking about. I got that one. Yeah. Okay. I really enjoyed. That. Yeah, the one, the other one that I was talking about was in 1990. Okay. It was three issues. It was really good. Okay, gotcha. I, I, I liked it much more than the eight issue one. I've always liked Adam Strange, and he's got a special coming out this month. Yeah. Adam Strange, special uh, number one, Jim Starlin. You stopped getting Titans, right? Yeah, I dropped it. Yeah. I'm starting. It's starting to really grow on me. Actually, with issue three, the guy's art is starting to be more consistent. I don't I, know if he has a different inker, but um, I really did not like that art in issue two. That's what really turned me off of it and made me decide to drop it. So yeah, I've got issue three on the way, but after that, I was done. Look, look at issue three. I, I think the art improved. Okay. I don't know if he's got a different inker. Uh-huh. But uh, one thing I did notice is he draws women a lot better, more better than he does men. Um, this uh, Teen Titans looks cool with uh, Bombshell. She looks like Captain Adam. Yeah, she was in uh, she was in Teen Titans earlier on. In the was it the one year later stuff where she showed up the first time? I think so. Yeah, I'm not caught up on that, so I'm, I, I need to catch up on that. Okay. It looks really good right now. Yeah, Teen Titans has been really good. I've been enjoying that. Yeah, I want to get caught yeah. up on that. It looks like the new Blue Beetle was like a full-time member of the team now. And then you got the Marshman Hunter girl and uh, Wonder Girl and Robin and uh, what it, Kid Devil. Kid Devil yeah. And Ravenger is... A member now, but I don't think she will be in the future, right? Uh, it doesn't look like it, no. But we'll see. Are you getting Superman? Yes. Yeah. How about Cyborg? No, not doing the Cyborg. I, I'm i getting it, but you know which one I'm really surprised by that I, I like? I mean, I don't know if you'd like it because the art, but... The story is so damn good, and the art is kind of growing on me. Is Raven mm-hmm. the DC special Raven? It's got the Psycho Pirate mask in there, and it's just it's just interesting. Huh. These two titles on the on uh, sixty eight, I, I like a lot too. Tor and the War That Time Forgot. Yeah, I didn't I didn't pick either of those up. I wish I had now because I've heard good stuff about that tour. Well, it's just a lot of cool history in there. Yeah. The way that time forgot, you know, all those characters have been someplace. It's really cool. Mm-hmm. This one's got the revival of GI Robot. I used to get GI Combat <laughs> when I was a kid. <laughs> Me and my my neighborhood friend were really into Sergeant Rock and GI Combat. You know the war books, yeah. And uh, Haunted Tank. You know, those are things that we just loved. And that Haunted Tank appeared in that Tales of the Unexpected backup story. Yeah, and the Doctor 13, yeah. Yeah, Doctor 13. They, they've got all – it's like they put all the obscure characters in there. Yeah. And the story was written like about obscure characters, it seemed like. Yeah, that was a cool story. Almost like a Grant Morrison type story. Exactly. Yeah, very much so. But it wasn't him, right? It Who was, was that? Azarello. Brian Azarello. Okay. Yeah. It, it it had the feel of a Grant Morrison story though. Yeah. Did. Are you gonna do this Joker hardcover? I'm really tempted by it. 
So am I, because if I don't know if you've been to DCBS, but uh, the 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 little quotes they have on the top on the floating banner mm-hmm. looks really good. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to see how, what my order you know, amount is going to be this month before I decide if I'm going to get it or not. Because there's a couple other big ticket items that I'm getting this time too, so we'll see. Yeah. And I'm a big Batgirl fan, so I'm getting it. Um, Batman the Outsiders, I'm caught up on and I'm enjoying that. But uh, do you know what the deal is with Chuck Dixon? They let him go because of something? I don't know what it was. I, I haven't really paid much attention attention to it, but it was something about he wasn't happy about something that DC wanted to do. Oh, and he had Robin and Batman and the Outsiders, and it probably Grant Morrison's doing something with Batman. Yeah, that's what he was complaining about, what Grant Morrison is doing with Batman, and they kind of let him go over that. Uh, Yeah. Batman Confidential, one of my favorite Batman books. I I just love this book. Yeah, this is the last issue of that, right? Yeah. That's one of my favorite. Um. Detective, I get Nightwing, Robin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Simon Dark, I get too. Yeah, I don't, I don't do Simon Dark. I, I I'm really liking Simon Dark, but I'm only I still only read the first four issues. I still have to catch up on that one. Do you do Superman, Batman? No, I haven't read that since Jeff Loeb left it. Yeah, Supergirl. Nah, don't do super- I'm thinking about jumping on though because they're saying she's going to tie into Superman a lot more here in the next. Yeah, week. and it's got Empress. Look at that. Oh yeah, yeah, Empress is there. She looks a lot older than she did in Young Justice. <laughs> <laughs> action Comics, I love it. Yeah, Action Comics, it's so good, it's been great. Brainiac, did you read the first issue with Brainiac yet? Yeah, yeah, I did. Uh-huh. It was so good. Yeah. That was a uh, sightings issue too, right? Was it? I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was. It may. Yeah, I think it was actually. Yeah. Uh, Birds of Prey. I I, I like that series. Mm-hmm. Blue Beetle. I'm getting. Yeah, Blue Beetle. Booster. I get. I'm behind in Booster though. I got to get caught up. This one's written by Chuck Dixon. Yeah, a lot of people are dropping Booster after Jeff Johns leaves, but I'm gonna stick with it and see how good it is. I like the character too much. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, th- I don't think they're going to trash him. Yeah, I'm I think he'll always be interesting. He's just such an interesting. He's one of those creations that really worked. Uh huh. You know, yeah. uh, coming from the future and stealing all that technology, and this one has Batgirl on the cover, and she's standing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's this, gotta be good. this new Booster series has been one of my favorite series for in a long time. I've really enjoyed it. Yeah. Very curious to see what Marv Wolfman does with Brave and the Bold. <laughs> I liked what Mark Wade did. I I thought it was an interesting experiment trying to make like done in ones that are linked together. Uh-huh. It was it worked fairly well. I wonder if Wolfman's gonna do more like standalone stories now or what. I don't know. I think they'll probably change the direction just because of the sales on that book haven't been all that great. Yeah. At least I wouldn't be surprised. Um, got a new writer on Flash. Alan Burnett. At least, yeah. Checkmate, I haven't started the Bruce Jones run yet. You read Green Arrow, Black Canary, right? Yeah, yeah. 
That's good. I really enjoy that. Yeah. The, the last I, I really with, liked the with Plastic Man. <laughs> yeah, that was such good dialogue for him. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like Plastic Man. I I've always it. have. Um, I don't know what my appeal is. I even watched the old cartoon with Plastic Man and the little baby. Uh, baby Plas, yeah. Baby Plas. <laughs> <laughs> I used to watch that religiously. It was more like a comedy. Yeah. And it's like, uh, almost like Scooby-Doo and Scrappy, yeah. and you except up, a little more ridiculous. You hang around with that Hawaiian guy with the, like, the Hawaiian print shirt. Yeah, with the Hawaiian shirt. Yeah. <laughs> and then Green Lantern is a must-read. Yeah, Green Lantern. I think both, Green Lantern both books. Yeah, can't miss those. Um, Justice League of America, I'm enjoying it. I, I just read the latest one. Did you read that one with Red Tornado? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. up on that. That's a good issue. Got Animal Man uh, in this issue of Justice League. I wonder if he's going to join the team or something. Where do you see that? In the solicitation that says Vixen and Animal Man. Oh, they don't have it on the cover, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, that last issue was really interesting with Speedy and... Or I want to say Speedy, Red Arrow. And uh, the relationship he has with Hawkgirl. Yeah, I think yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I like Hawkgirl. I don't know. She's just visually awesome. Legion of Superheroes, yes? Um, I switched the trades on that, actually. Okay. Yeah. Justice Society, yep, must yep, read. Yep, I'm on that. Wonder Woman, I, I love Wonder Woman. I do, too. I'm about four Are you five. reading Manhunter? Yeah, I, got, I, I didn't read it up until it got canceled, but when it started back up again, I started getting it. It's good, isn't it? Yeah. I just finished the last two issues. I'm like, it started back up just as good as it was before. There's so much legacy with this character. So if you love JSA, I think you'll love this character. Uh-huh. I mean, they had uh, Iron Monroe on this one, and that goes back to the Young All-Stars <laughs> comic, which was in the 80s, I think, or 90s. Yeah. Are you doing any of the hardcovers or trades? Um, no, because I've got the Booster Gold issues already. I'm not really interested in Catwoman. Uh, I'd like to get Camelot 3000. I'm really looking at that. I am looking at that maybe because it's 50%. I have yeah. the original issues. Yeah, that's what I'm, I'm definitely thinking about. And the, and and the, the one that Olympus, I'm... Yeah. I'm getting the demon for sure. I just love the Jack Kirby things. They have a new Justice League International hardcover. Yeah, volume three. But yeah, I'm not passing. I'm passing though. Got question volume three also. Yeah. Do you have the original issues? Yeah. That, all that. Yeah, I've got all those. Yeah, so do I. And that pretty much covers it, except I'm getting the Jack Kirby figures. Oh, I'm getting this Teen Titans Year One trade because. I heard a lot of good stuff about that. The, on page, the trade. Page 86. Oh, I have the original, but I haven't started it yet. Yeah. Uh, issues. Got a Watchman hardcover solicited. But I've, yeah. got, I've got the absolute, so. I'm getting Billy Batson and the Magic of Shazam. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm actually trying Family Dynamic. I'm getting that too. I ordered the first sounded issue. interesting to me, and I like the art. It kind of sounds like like a takeoff of the Fantastic Four in a way. Yeah, it did. So we'll see. So those are the two that I'm getting in the Johnny DC. 
Yeah, same here. And then you don't you don't play in the Wildstorm wheelhouse, do you? No, I don't. I didn't get into any of that Wildstorm stuff. Yeah, I get most of those titles. I I like them. Although they have the trade paperback of the block dossier solicited, so I may grab that. And the Heroes Volume Two hardcover. Yeah. <laughs> and then Vertigo. Do you do you read any Vertigo? Uh, only in trade. Um, there's nothing here, I think, that I'm getting this month though. Uh, yeah, the Northlanders. I'm going to grab that. The volume one. Oh. I'm going to try this greatest hits, especially if it's like 75 cents on DCBS. Yeah. All that Vertigo stuff, the way I see it, it's pretty much sure to go into trade. And it's, yeah, and it's, it succeeds in trade. That's it's usually where a lot cheaper too, because you get like those nine ninety nine cover price on a lot of them. Yeah, the first one at yeah. least. So that's, guaranteed. That's why. That's why I wait for those. Yeah. And then you got CMX. I don't think either one of us plays in that world. No. Are you going to get the Watchmen comedian bust? No, but I'm thinking of getting the action figure and the Dr. Manhattan action figure also. Yeah, I'm going to get the, the figures and the busts, but not the big, the 13, 31 inch, or uh, what are these, 13 inch figures? No. Is that what those are? Yeah, the one that's on, on page 125, that's 13 inch. Okay. You now they have the 13 inch dolls. Yeah. That's what that is. Yeah, the ones they're I'm nice. At, but yeah, they, it does look. It does nice. look really cool. <laughs> but this uh, this night owl that they have on here, I don't really like the design of him on page one twenty seven. Yeah, and then you got the Jack Kirby figures, and I can't pass up on those. <laughs> the Supergirl either. Oh, I'm a completist on the thirteen inch DCU figures. Supergirl comes with streaky. That's right. <laughs> so there's quite a bit of good stuff coming out. I think we're getting mostly everything. Yeah. <laughs> God. Dios got to love us. <laughs> DC Nation. Uh, maybe he can offer us an extra discount for buying all this stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wish. <laughs> what do you think of uh, a weekly series? Um, well, you've been through fifty-two and countdown. Yeah, just um, like I'm a sucker for picking it up because you know I've I've gone through fifty-two and I've gone through countdown and here I am on Trinity. You know, I mean, yeah, um, countdown. You know, of course, had mixed mixed results. You know, it was good and then it got bad and it got good again and it got really bad. <laughs> yeah, uh, fifty-two though I loved. So I'm hoping that Trinity kind of more follows the trend of fifty-two. Hopefully, and so far I. Mean, I, I, I so far, I'm happy. I think it is following a good trend. It's, it's got an interesting story. You don't really know what's going on yet. And, you know, people are complaining. They're already talking about dropping it. But you have to remember, it took three or four months for 52 to really pick up and get interesting, I thought, you know, for a lot of people. Well, I think it's a great a great series for trying to understand the DCU. Yeah. Uh, 
you learn about the big three, you know, quite a bit about them, even their uh, alter egos, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, you learn about their surrounding characters and how they interact with the big three. Yeah. So And that's I'm something that I didn't expect from this. I thought it would just be about them. I didn't expect to see, you know, the Justice League coming into it and Jon Stewart and right. all these other people. So that, I like that. And uh, this, like, uh, tarot character. Yeah. Reading the tarot cards. And then uh, the the Morgan Le Fay and Enigma thing, I think, is getting more interesting as time goes on. I, at least I think so. Yeah. Because they're, they're like, watching them, observing them. And uh, I find that kind of interesting. What do you think of the artwork, the Bagley artwork? Um. This is actually my first real exposure to him, but uh, as far as cracking this stuff out every week, he's doing a good job. Yeah, I like it. I'm really enjoying it. And he draws some of the backup stuff, too. I I think he drew the page of the Ragman. Oh, did he? Yeah, because if you look at the the Morgan Le Fay story in the first one, it says, uh, where did I see it? Brat. I don't know how to pronounce that. Brazier scenes by Busick, Bagley, Thilbert, and uh, Brazier. That's the the, the Brazier. Yeah. That's the fire. Isn't pit. that what that scene is? Um. Yeah. That's the part where she has like it's like the fire pit. That's what a brazier is. Yeah. She's getting the images out of that. So okay. And yeah. you can you you can see. Yeah, Bagley I can see the it. way he draws the eyes. Yeah. Look at Lois. I can see it in Lois now. She mentioned. Yeah, that's definitely him on yeah. that. Yeah, you're right. So just a quick overview is there's some kind of entity in space that's kind of haunting the dreams of uh, Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman. And uh, they're meeting and discussing it. And uh, that was an interesting scene in the first issue. I thought that they'd all meet. Uh-huh. And uh, just even watching what they order, you know, and how they order and their way they talk it's really interesting <laughs> and um you get flash and his kids in there so i think i think it's if it's trying to like show on the sidelines everything else that's going on in the dcu while focusing on the trinity i think that's awesome yeah because if you're if you're picking up this book and you're you're interested in anything you know you figure out, you know, Clayface and Flash has kids. If you're interested in that, you can go pick up Flash. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think if you're not, don't pick up Flash. Yeah. <laughs> I think if you're a new reader to DC, this is this is a good introduction to the to the universe. You know? Yeah, I think it's great through the eyes of their three major characters. My only complaint about the first issue is I or, or future issues is I don't like uh, McDaniel's artwork. I mean, some some of them, some of it looks really good. Like when he first drew Morgan Le Fay, mm-hmm. I thought that looked really cool. But some of the when he draws like the smaller panes, I really don't like it. Yeah, it looks like looks like a sketch that you're getting at a con that somebody's just going. <laughs> I don't like it at all. Yeah, this guy was he was on those last few issues of the Green Arrow series. Is yeah, and he did the arena. Yeah. I, I enjoyed Green Arrow, but yeah, I really didn't like the art that much. Like, um, there's a lot of scenes in with Despero, and uh, 
I, I hate the way he draws Despero. <laughs> now, this is where I'm, I wanted to ask you about this, too. Now, this Despero looks completely different from the one that just showed up in Booster Gold. Did you read the Booster Gold where he was in there? Yeah, didn't he have the fin on the going across the top? Yeah, and his skin was more purple, and he wasn't nearly as large. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like a... That, that's No, that's the classical Sparrow. Yeah, I don't know if this is like an alternate universe version of him or what, but... No, this is this is the way he looks now. So I think the one the booster's seeing is the way he looked in the past. Okay. Yeah, like go to go go to an old cover because he's been around forever. Like, oh yeah, I know. He's, there's a yeah. He uh, one of the classic comics that I have is where he's playing chess with the Justice League figures. Uh huh. Just arrow, and he he looks like he has the fin. I don't even remember where he morphed, but. I know he did. Okay, so that's kind of in continuity that is his change of appearance is like part of his. Story. Yeah. Hmm. I really like this uh, new Hulk-looking character with the little funky dude on his shoulder. Oh, this convict guy. Uh, convict, yeah. And uh, what is the other guy's name? Uh, Gar. Grack or yeah, Grack. Yeah. Grack. It reminds me of like uh, Hulk, you know. He's just like trashing everybody. Yeah, but, but it's, you even kind of have him leaping like the Hulk in the in those few panels where he's right. Yeah, he uh, he reminds me of like Devil Dinosaur. You know, Devil Dinosaur always had that little caveman riding on him. Moon, moon Boy. <laughs> yeah, Moon Boy. <laughs> that that's what this kind of reminds me of. You know, the dinosaur. You know, wasn't messing around, but Moon Boy was always there. <laughs> <laughs> Or it could be like Rick Jones riding on the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Or in the Marvel Adventures, the monkey that rides around yeah. on the Hulk. Right. <laughs> he could. He could. He could be like. A, to me, he looks like a Doctor Seuss character. <laughs> the the way a Grack looks. Like a Who or something. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, a Sneech. <laughs> no, I don't know. Uh, between a Sneech and a Grinch. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a cross between if they bred. But uh, a lot of these, from two, two to four, they, they focuses on the fight between the Justice League and uh, Convict and Grac. Right? Yeah, and that's cool that like they spent like three issues with that fight. You know, a battle scene. Yeah. Now this guy that, that that's in the dreams of the Trinity, um, that's in the first page of issue one and then the last page of issue one. Do you have mm-hmm. any any thoughts on who this could be? No. I think, and there's a couple other people have said this, and I didn't come up with this myself, so give credit where it's due, but people are thinking this might be Krona. Okay. Who, where, does, where does that name sound familiar? He, he was the Owen scientist who, like, started looking into the origins of the universe, and he, like, he kind of, like, uh, did something to create the multiverse and all the parallel ah. universes. Oh yeah, I read something like about him. Yeah, and he in an old comic actually. Yeah, he was, and he was also in Busick's uh, JLA Avengers. Oh, yeah, I think it is him. It even looks familiar. Yeah, because I'm looking especially at, at, especially at the last panel of issue one. Yeah, I'm looking at a picture of him from uh, JLA number two from two thousand three. Uh huh. Um, yeah, the, like the collar that you see on him on that last page. 
and yeah. the name of the face. I think I think so. Did didn't didn't he have a mustache? Uh, yeah. In that comic, yeah. And he kind of has a mustache here in the last page. Uh-huh. Yeah, I, I know exactly who you're talking about now because uh, it rang a bell once you started describing it. And yeah. that would make sense since Busick, you know, used him last in the JLA Avengers, and he mm-hmm. in that story didn't he get like sent like as one with the universe or something like that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It ma- it makes perfect sense. Yeah, I didn't really go look at posts or anything for for Trinity. I know a lot of people. Um, some people weren't happy with it. Like I listened to a um, uh, comic page. Bob Breetal didn't like it, uh-huh. but John did. Yeah. So um, it, it seems to be split. I I really like it. I think it's a great weekly comic, and it er- introduces you to a lot of characters. So it's definitely got me interested and intrigued in what's going on. So it's doing its job as far mm-hmm. as that goes. So yeah, I'm gonna stick. With I it. like these. Uh, tarot backup uh, stories too <laughs> yeah. I'm getting into the character I, you know how she has the power to read these cards and she's helped gangs before and mm-hmm. it, it's just interesting and how she's linked to this entity you know yeah and here's those furry things these are the same things that slapped that thing on Wonder Woman's back in that one issue right yeah yeah Didn't that thing that they slapped on Wonder Woman's back look like an Omega, though? It kind of did, yeah. To me, it did. Um, and then, then I started thinking, you know, Dark Side. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. So, uh, I, I don't know. When I saw that happen, I thought Dark Side, but... Or some relation to that. But, uh, it's, it, it's a good pace series so far, I think. Yeah. And it's not as confusing as Countdown, and it's got highly recognizable characters. And um, oh, here's something else I want to ask you about: Issue Two. Uh huh. Um, what happens with John Stewart when he's fighting Convict? When all those guns pop out of him? Let me let me turn to that page. That's towards the back, right? Yeah, it's in the it's in the follow up story. The guns pop out. Yeah, what is up with that? Does that? Oh shit! Does that remind you of it's of, the, of of uh, Guy Gardner's old powers? It sure does, but he's it's almost like some kind of computer's taking over him. Yeah, because you see the. But, z- I, the but I bet you one. that's that alien race that Guy Gardner had when he was warrior. Yeah, the, was it the Voldurans or something like that? Yeah. yeah. So that's but look at. Look at his eyes. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, he's got the zeros and ones in his eyes. At first, I thought that was the anti-life equation, but you can see it's zeros and ones. Well, to me, it looks like New God look to it. I don't know. Actually, it's like circuitry, isn't it? Kind of. Yeah, it's like circuitry in yeah, there. Yeah, you're right, yeah. But he's- and then he says, like, what was that? Uh-huh. You know? What the hell was up with that? Yeah, that is weird. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with that. Well, I didn't notice that. I only read this one issue once. Uh-huh. Um, I read issue one twice, issue the rest of them just once. Yeah, the first time I read this one, when it came out, I was you know I was asking you about it on Geek Brunch, but you hadn't read it yet. So. Yeah. 
but yeah, I read all these again today, and they had me thinking about it again. But that doesn't really come up again in any, any of the other ones, so I don't know. Hopefully, it'll. Yeah, that that backup story in issue two, Tom Derenick. I liked his pencils on that. I did too. Yeah, and he had a cool fight with with John Stewart and the convict. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And I, I like who's doing the Terra art because I, I think. Uh, doing this. Oh, it's no- Mike Norton. Yeah. Mike Norton and Jerry Ordway. And that's kind of cool because Ordway spent a lot of time doing gangbuster comics and Superman title. Oh, yeah? Yeah. And that he's here. You know, that's that Jose uh, guy that's hanging out with her. Uh-huh. That's gangbuster. Yeah. You probably don't know that unless you saw the helmet. You see the it, the helmet in one of the issues. Yeah. I still didn't recognize it. And then, uh, I really didn't like the sequence in issue four with, um, the Sparrow and, uh, Kajaro, or what's his name? Con- Kanjaro. He's another. Kanjaro, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it, it's cool, and you can see what's happening sequentially, but the artwork just yeah, really bothers that, um, Scott McDaniel. Scott McDaniel again, yeah. He used to draw really good. It's like he's morphed into somebody different. Yeah, that Despero he draws really kind of bothers me. <laughs> Cause he's yeah, just, it looks uh, like something that a kid could draw. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> this looks really strange. I thought it was interesting when Wonder Woman was pissed that Superman was interrupting her fight. In one of the comics. Oh, yeah. I can't remember what issue, but she was battling two robots, right? giant insect robots. I think that... Was that in one or two? It might have been two. Yeah. Um, And she's like... Her Amazon uh, warrior personality kind of took over, and she's like, why did you interrupt? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you bothering me? And the other part I love about this series... Um, is is the monitoring by uh, Morgan Le Fay and uh, Enigma, especially when it has to do with Bruce. You know, they yeah. Enigma's like you can't you can't uh, underestimate Batman. You know, yeah. <laughs> Which makes me think he's the Riddler, at least some version of the Riddler. That's but, what I thought from the from the beginning. Yeah, he's like an alternate universe or whatever Riddler. Yeah, he's kind of a mix of Riddler and Two Face, though, in a way. He is. And the way his costume looks. Yeah. Okay. Here's something. At the end of issue four, these three villains in the very last page. Do you recognize the, those guys? No. Okay. Absolutely not. If anybody looks familiar, the guy in the middle does. Yeah, he does I to me too, but I just can't place picture where he's from. I'm really enjoying that piece of the story. I don't know why, but I'm curious to see how she links up with with the the, the major uh, concept of what's going on with the entity in space and the Trinity, and how Batman's the devil and Superman is justice, or I can't remember what they're all defined as yeah. on the tarot cards. It's pretty cool. 
But so far, I'm liking it. Yeah. But again, I liked. I like monthly comics. I just think it's cool. I to be able to go every week and know that it's guaranteed there. That's just awesome. You're guaranteed to get your fix every week. Are you buying this in the, at the store every week? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. See, I'm, I'm but most of the stuff, most of the stuff, I get it from DCBS. So I'm like two weeks off. So we, we're gonna have to put a spoiler thing at the beginning of this if you can. Oh okay, yeah. Because <laughs> we spoiled the hell out of everything. But we we read every. By the time our episodes come out, everybody will have at least two to three weeks, I think. Yeah. To. To you know, read read the stuff. Well, issue five of Trinity is already out, and by the time this is out, of six will be out too. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I know when f- the next Final Crisis that comes out is going to be the director's cut. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. There's like there's like a skipping a month. Uh-huh. All right, that was fun. Yeah. I learned some stuff. I did too. Yeah, I knew some of the stuff that I wasn't picking up on. You'd probably know it. Yeah, I, I was glad that you mentioned like the Sunny Sumu and I, I read those issues the Forever People because I have the originals. Mm-hmm. But man, it was like when I was like eighteen, I think yeah. <laughs> it was a long time ago. See, I read something For... with him a long time ago, and that's why I recognized. I didn't really know a whole lot about who he was, but the name just struck me as something that I knew. So then that's, yeah. when I, that's when I went and looked it up, and that's when I, where I found that information about him. I actually had fun, like, when I found out, you know, a little bit about Turpin being part of the Newsboy Legion, and, you know, it's just cool stuff like that. Just history stuff that I wouldn't have known if I didn't really dig in. Uh-huh. Yeah. It's, it was a lot of fun. That's that's what makes me like these series, like Infinite Crisis and... Because they'll put in a character there, and you're like, I want to find out. You know, it makes you hungry for knowledge. At least it does for me. Mm-hmm. And to me, that's a good comic. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, I like yeah. it. A lot of people complain that, you know, stuff that they're not getting, and they have to look it up on Wikipedia or whatever. But sometimes I like, you know, finding that stuff out because you you oftentimes find more than what you even thought you would find out, you know? Right. So what did you think of uh, Dan DiDio? Oh man, that was so great, wasn't it? That was awesome. Did, you know what my favorite panel was? Was the last day? Yeah, when he was just he was just like, uh, I don't care if we talk Marvel, DC, or anything else. Let's just talk, you know. Yeah, he was just talking thought, as a fan of comics, which was really cool. He, yeah, you know, he was. I, and I, I've been to a lot of his panels, and that was new to me. He hadn't done anything like that before. If what I'm saying, that's something that they've been doing at, at all the conventions this year. So. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Well, that's a that's a good addition, I think. Yeah, and then to have Mark Wade there and he's like shouting out covers. He's like, that "Oh yeah, so that's Lois Lane number ninety four. I'm like, "Holy <laughs> shit! Yeah. What the fuck?" <laughs> I couldn't even see the cover from where I was sitting. And he knew what it was. Yeah, I mean, it's, my vision that, is so that bad. was amazing. <laughs> I, I couldn't believe it. It was incredible. Yeah, I mean, you know. The way I am, you know, somebody could hold up a comic from last week and I wouldn't be able to tell you what issue number it was. That's just insane mm-hmm. that he knows that stuff. Did, did you talk to anybody? Oh, you talked to Dan DiDio a little yeah, bit and, briefly. And Jan Jones. And Jan Jones. Yeah. Are you going to get him on Comics Playground, Jan Jones? Um, Are you going to try? Evidently, she knows about us and has our business yeah. card. So 
We'll see okay. if, if she contacts us. You know, that'd be great. That that'd be that. awesome. Yeah. But then again, you so know, we're, I, we're not like professional interviewer types, so I don't know how well that would come right. off. You know, so. I think you guys did good when you did the the Advent Hulk Adventures guy. I mean, that was really good. Yeah, yeah. It's a lot of fun. Um, and, and she seems to be a, like somebody that's robust and dynamic. Yeah. Um, just being on the panels that she is and throwing the questions that she gets thrown, you know. Uh-huh. She just can roll with it. She's the one that's kind of responsible for the uh, ambush bug coming out, right? Yeah, yeah. and uh, Johnny DC. I mean, yeah. that whole. I think there's a couple titles coming out that they talked about. Yeah. I can't remember what. There's a Supergirl and something oh, yeah, else. The Supergirl, yeah. There was something else they mentioned, too. Can't remember exactly what it was. Yeah. I heard rumblings of a new Lobo uh, series or. Or some, or he's going to show up somewhere, which oh, I'm yeah. excited. Yeah, that was at uh, Chicago Wizard World, Chicago, where they said. Yeah, something. I was reading the the notes on that, and I was like, yeah. "Oh, that's cool." Uh-huh. I couldn't. And, uh, I can't see them doing a Lobo series, but maybe just him showing up somewhere would be. Or a mini. Yeah, yeah, I could see a mini or a one shot or something. Well, I'd love Legion to come back. That's so, so good. Well, when yeah, he was in Legion. Yeah. And Vril Docs. Oh man, I love that. Well, you had. Uh, Vril Dox showed up in uh, Ran Thanagar War, number two. Yep. Yeah. And he was in Adam Strange, the eight-issue mini that you were talking about, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Still doing his space police thing where he charges people. <laughs> <laughs> I always thought that was crazy. I mean, that, that title was, like, so under the radar, but it was so damn good. And it ran for a lot of years, you know. You had like Legion ninety one, ninety two, ninety three. It was awesome characters. Uh-huh. Loved it. Cool. That's what we need. I, I want out of Countdown. If anything comes out, I want to see the OMAC. You know, the not not the the computerized OMAC that Batman created, but OMAC OMAC yeah. with the Mohawk. The, that's the one I want to see because that great disaster stuff that they had at the end was such good storytelling. That was my favorite of the whole thing. I, it was like, I mean, that made Countdown. If they would have wrapped that into a mini instead of do Countdown, I think people would have loved it. Uh-huh. I really do. I've heard that one of the cons, they said that they're working on something with Commandy and Omac, something new. So hopefully they'll I hope actually, so. I hope so because I'm really – my interest in both of those things are like really high right now. Yeah, and I, I just read the hardcover and I was like blown away. I was like, "This is some cool shit." Yeah. I want to see more Buddy Blank. I'm gonna have to start getting those Kirby hardcovers. I got to start on the Fourth World ones first. Mm-hmm. I heard that they that the the quality of them wasn't that great. That's why I didn't get them. But well, the paper isn't. But you can look at it two ways. Kirby's art looks great on that paper. Yeah. <laughs> and the the colors on that paper, I mean, it just, it looks very nostalgic. Uh-huh. But at the same time, you could say, well, that paper's not going to last as much as, you know, the re- a regular comic would. Uh-huh. But um, I think it's really good for the, you get a lot of bang for your buck. At least I, I feel you do. Uh-huh. What's there, what is it, like maybe 12 to 15 issues worth of material in all those? Yeah. 
Well, I've got all the fourth world uh, New God stuff, and then OMAC, and I'm getting the demon. I'm really looking forward to opening up the demon and reading it. Yeah. I have all the originals, but like I went on this Kirby kick when I was like 18 or 19. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, right when I was a freshman in college, and I bought like all New Gods, all Forever People, all Demon. Not every issue, but the bulk of the series. Yeah. Like I went to a con and just picked up a lot of them for like a Two two fifty each or something like that. Cool. And uh, I just was blown away by the artwork. I was like, "Holy crap!" I went on this Jack Kirby kick. And um, but I, it's hard for me to dig them out because I don't have all drawer boxes and they're all stacked. Oh yeah. I get a hernia. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this was fun. Yeah. I had a good time. Yeah. Um, so how often do you want to do these? Um, I, I think bi-weekly or weekly. I don't care. It's yeah. up to you. I think probably bi- we have to talk about. Yeah, I think bi-weekly bi- should be fine, maybe alternating with your comics playground. Yeah, because, I mean, we can, I mean, we can cover stuff besides Trinity and, and Final Crisis, too. But, you know, as far yeah. as the release schedule on those, it would be kind of hard to do a weekly one, I think. Yeah, I think that's fine with me. Yeah. Okay. I'm liking what I'm reading so far. I'm not all caught up on all my DCs, but I'm really enjoying like Manhunter, and I I got caught up on that, and I I love I love the character. It's just a strong female character, and um, the Justice Leagues that I've read lately are really good. I like the artwork that Bendis is doing. Yeah, a lot of people aren't liking Justice League now, too. And, and yeah, I don't, I don't see why. Because I, there's a couple panels that, that inside this latest Justice League mm-hmm. with like Vixen in it, and I'm like, those would be posters. <laughs> Which one? And it was cool seeing. Uh, it was uh, issue 22. Yeah. They have uh, Bronze Tiger talking to Vixen. Yeah, yeah. And and that is so cool because I'm a big Suicide Squad fan. Mm-hmm. So just seeing that discussion was awesome. And then having all the doctors like Will Magnus and uh, the uh, Doom Patrol guy, Niles Chandler, or Calder, or whatever you want to call it. And, um, oh, dude, speaking of Doom Patrol, I've been reading the Grant Morrison Doom Patrol. Yeah, that's wild. I love it, yeah. It's so great. (laughs) Yeah, that's fun stuff. And uh, Vixen's, you know, how she's sucking the power out of other people. Yeah, they kicked her off the team in this issue, right? Yeah, I thought that was really ballsy of Black Canary to do. Yeah. Because everybody, like Superman and Wonder Woman, were like, no, don't don't kick her off. And she's like, hey, I'm the leader of the team. She's off. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, she's got a kind of a sort of leadership, so, you know, I can understand it. Well, yeah, you, she's responsible for the team. Yeah. And if any one of those team members get hurt, she's responsible for it. And, and they could have all been hurt because of Vixen. Yeah, because she's actually draining their power. She's not just, you know, using them. She's taking power away from the other ones so they don't have what they should have. Yeah. yeah. So somebody could get screwed from that. Hey, right. wait, I was I was gonna say when we were looking at previews, I forgot to mention this. In the uh, um, Legion of Three Worlds solicitation, mm-hmm. um, it's saying Superboy Prime again. 
instead of Superman Prime. Yeah, they, oh, he's Dan DeDio said that at the con. Oh, at did the he? Chicago. At, well, I don't know if you read the uh, DC Nation notes from Newsarama, but he said they can start saying Superboy now. That's cool. I just saw the so, ad for the Legion of Three Worlds because I was flipping through that Justice League yeah. and that made me think of that. Yeah, they can start saying. That was another part of Countdown I liked when when Superboy Prime was beating the shit out of Mixoplex. <laughs> yeah, that was great. That was awesome. <laughs> he burned the ass in his face. <laughs> yeah, I don't know where those issues came from because they had really nothing to do with anything. <laughs> but but the fact that Mixoplex, I mean, it made me appreciate Mixoplex that much more. Or Mixel's Plitalic. Yeah. How do you ever you want to pronounce it? I don't know. <laughs> Every, I, I think there's like five different people that tell me how to pronounce it different every time. Mixels, yeah. But uh, that that was awesome. I like that account. Yeah, all the ones with Superboy where he was just kind of having his tantrums. I thought they were pretty good. And uh, I liked the uh, Jimmy Olsen storyline with that new god For- Forager or yeah, Forager. That's her name. Uh-huh. I really liked her character. I did too. So there was a lot of bright spots for me a lot of people just you know continuity like a lot of people complaining about the death of the new gods and did it mean anything but you heard what Dan DiDio said it was kind of like it was like saying goodbye to the old Kirby new gods and bringing on the Morrison new gods so I don't know I think that's what their goal was Yeah, they just bad editing is what the problem is yeah, I think just because of the stuff that happened in at the end of Countdown and then the stuff that happened in Death of the New Gods and it's just yeah, bad editorial like keeping everything straight and consistent. And, I, and, and in reality it seems like if you had all this stuff written on a board, kind of like a 52 board, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> you have all these timelines, you have like one master editor that just knows where stories are starting and and stopping, yeah, and maybe like what characters are appearing within those issues. Yeah, I've always thought there should be like one editor or maybe a small group of editors that read everything and make sure yeah. everything goes together. You know? Yeah, I, I would do that job. I would read every comic they put out and make sure. <laughs> well, you do that already. <laughs> <laughs> they just need to pay me for it. Yeah. <laughs> If you want to find out more about our podcast, you can go to www.comicbooknoise.com and you'll see where the DC Noise episodes are posted. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can mail me or Eric at mike at comicbooknoise.com or eric at comicbooknoise.com mm-hmm. or DC Noise at comicbooknoise.com. Um, um, you can contact. You can go to the forums. Yeah. We'll have a forum somewhere. Yeah, it'll be on. The- Don't know where it's going to be exactly, but it's going to be on thecomicforums.com. Mm-hmm. And then also on forum.deliberatenoise.com. He'll probably have something there too. Right. Yeah. And uh, listen to our other podcasts. Listen to Comics Playground with Eric and Geek Brunch with me. Yeah. And uh, our awesome co-hosts of Ryan and Heath. Yeah. And thanks again to uh, Peter Rios for passing the show on to us and to Derek for letting us do it. Yeah. We're doing this out of our love for DC and our uh, passion for the subject. Yeah. So hopefully you guys will enjoy what we're doing. And if you have any suggestions, send us some emails. Yep. 
And I think that's about it. Thanks to Derek Coward for giving us the space. Yeah. And uh, the idea. I mean, he kind of like said, kind of guided us in the direction or fed us. Uh, what else do we want to thank? Heath and uh, Ryan, just because they're our buds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and thank uh, you, Barb. Sa- thank oh, you, thank friend. you. Yeah. I had a fun. I had fun. I had a good, and time flew. I know. I thought it's been. Over, we've been on three for, hours. Yeah, <laughs> but it flew really fast. Uh, also, yeah, if you want more information about DC, there's a great DC Comics podcast called Raging Bullets. Um, hosted by Sean Whalen, Sean Whalen, and Jim Segulin. Um, they're also on the ComicForums.com, and the show is on iTunes. Uh, also, I just want to say we're not doing this to, to compete with Raging Bullets in any way. Um, they do their own thing, and they do it well. And um, we're kind of doing our own thing, too, I guess. Yeah, Anything else? Just, just to have fun. Yeah, we're just doing, <laughs> we're doing it for fun and just because we love DC, you know. Um, and to bounce ideas off of each other. Exactly. You know, of what's happening across the universe. So, yeah, just a general shout-out to Raging Bullets, too, because... I love that show, and I'm, I'm, you do, you listen to it too, don't you, Mike? Yeah. yeah. 